Hey, Browns fans. This is your chance to join the company of some of the Browns' all-time greats on the first-ever Browns fan cruise. Picture this. For five unforgettable days, you're sailing across the beautiful Caribbean Sea, reliving the Browns' greatest moments, getting autographs, snapping photos, and celebrating on the beach with your favorite Browns alumni, like Josh Cripps, Webster Slaughter, Eric Metcalf, and a dozen others. Book now and take advantage of our easy, budget-friendly payment plans on this once-in-a-lifetime, all-inclusive cruise adventure. The clock's ticking, Browns fans. To book your cabin and for more information, visit brownsfancruise.com or call 216-284-6472 today. Browns Fan Cruise, where diehard fans and Browns alumni come together for the trip of a lifetime. Don't wait. Secure your spot today and go Browns! Sportscast. This Christmas, Joe Flacco did play, but the very next year we plan to give him away. This year, to calm all my fears, he threw it to someone special. special. This Christmas, Coop was a dog, but the very next day, D-Hop went away. This week, to kick it again, we signed some dude named Patterson. Patterson. This weekend, ETR hurt his hip, oh, no. so the injured reserve is oh, where he'll have to dip. This week, we probably need another active QB, and maybe a punt or someone call Chris Gardaki. For Christmas, the Browns with 10 and 5. Oh. I, 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 I can't imagine, and I have no clue how this team keeps on winning oh. games. Oh. Kevin and Flacco got these boys Ooh. playing special. Special. Mere formalities separating these Browns from the playoffs. Will there be anyone healthy and able to play in the postseason once they get there? Can the Browns wrap this up on a short week? And finally, will this team ailing at nearly every position? What are reasonable expectations for this team as we look forward to the playoffs? We'll break it all down for you next on the Burning River Sportscast. You know what's but, crazy is like think about the time Michael Thomas missed with his turf toe. Demar Hamlin, <laughs> Demar Hamlin died and came back faster than Michael Thomas with his turf toe. <laughs> that was pretty wild. Taylor Swift is the worst GM of all time. You don't uh, think she should be making decisions? You know what Joe Flacco's really got going for him? Um, he's big. Do you, do, do you know? Great family. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not saying don't fly Spirit Airlines. We're just saying if you do, you might end up somewhere else. Check your kid at the gate. <laughs> I, I believe Check it. your kid at the gate. This is a team of destiny. Where they, you know. This is the team. Of an extra point. Of destiny. Uh, destiny. <laughs> yeah. But the best part is, man, just seeing all the people walk into the bar and they're like, where the hell did all these Browns guys come from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just breaking face and then, like, just... Like, They're like, I right thought we were in North Jersey. Well, <laughs> yeah. did, we, did we take a wrong turn? We end up in Cleveland? Uh, I think I think this week Joe Flacco cooks the sauce. 
You think Sauce Gardner's going to get it? Yeah, he's going to get it. Okay, I'm yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Uh, sauce needs cooked. Yeah. <laughs> but as a team, the Jets No one are... likes cold sauce. <laughs> no, it's the worst sauce. So uh, they call me Angry Bobby, so that's the name of the golf bounty. It's called the Angry Bobby Open. And we any money we raise from that, so also go to the same charities I just mentioned. That's not even a number. I would, I would advise trying to join a Browns backers group somewhere. To the younger fans, do you want to be best friends with a bunch of middle-aged men at Browns Den Golf Holidays and welcome in to the Burning River Sports Guest presented by Tappan Media and brought to you by Seaside Events as the official cruise event provider of the Cleveland Browns and organizer of the Browns Fan Cruise. I'm Kenny Thunder, joined as always by Santa's Nightmare, the always naughty and strawberry blonde hottie, Red Hot Ronnie Jams. On the board today, the man who amassed a small fortune canning and selling dog farts as his own across the internet, the Big Bone Man. Bone, do you ever feel dishonest given that the sniffums you sell are aren't necessarily your own real brand. No, it's a dirty business. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Red Hot Two questions. Uh, let me hear them. On this episode of the Burning River Sportscast, who can our fans look forward to us talking to this week? You want to know who we're talking to? I do. We're talking to the Browns backers of North Jersey, baby. Very nice. Joyzy. And number two, where can all of our listeners find all of the Burning River Sportscast exclusive interviews with Browns backers and former Cleveland Browns players all season long in preparation for what is going to be the year's most exclusive, most exciting exciting and most electrifying event with several events emceed by yours truly the burning river sportscast well you can find our podcast wherever you get your podcast i'm talking apple podcast spotify stitcher google podcast amazon music pandora iHeartRadio, podcast castro good pods and so many more and don't forget to subscribe on youtube the only place that you can find our video podcast and that is also where you can find the video version of those interviews uh check us out on facebook instagram and tiktok our handle on all of those socials including youtube is at burning river sportscast we are an x the artist formerly known as twitter with the handle burning river pod and while you're at it check out our merch www.dtappinmedia.com backslash shop you forget to get something for uh somebody for christmas that's right Go to our shop, get we them something, you. and uh, give it to them the next time you see them. It'll be dope. There you go. Uh, we got the cruise line, the chub line, cold weather gear. It's all there, uh, and we're constantly adding more. So check it out and buy something. Buy uh, it. But here's the deal: <clears throat> the Browns are on a three-game winning streak, uh, and the latest win came in dominant fashion. Granted, they were without their best player, but don't get things twisted here. The Browns were without 25% of their roster. <laughs> uh, so Cool Joe was once again slinging it. And after just four games with the franchise, he is the team leader in passing yards this season, this time on the back of a historic performance from Amari Cooper. Uh, despite all the injuries, this team just keeps on keeping on and refuses to be denied. So let's talk about what we've got in store for today's show. Uh, today we've got a Week 16 <clears throat> recap of the thrashing we laid on the Texans. Oh, yes. Uh, an interview with the Browns backers of North Jersey, as you just mentioned. Uh, no interview with the Browns alumni uh, that will be joining us on the Cleveland Browns fan cruise in March of 2024 in the second half of the show this week. But we will hopefully get back to that next week. I know we still got, what, what is it, like two more guys Shush, to interview? Yeah, uh, yeah. Schedules, you know, schedules. People people have busy schedules. so we'll, Especially around the holidays. Yeah, we'll get that all figured out. Uh, but in the meantime, go back and catch up, uh, catch a few of the old interviews. I know Josh Cribbs is out there, uh, Webster Slaughter, a whole slew of other ones that were really, really good. Phil Taylor oh. was the most recent one. Uh, but great stories to be heard. So go check out some of our, our interviews. 
Um, and finally, we round out the show with a week 17 preview of the game against that motherfucker in New York. And I mean that literally. <laughs> Zach Wilson? <laughs> if he plays, of course. He, I, I think I think <clears throat> it just came out today that he is not He's playing, which out. is disappointing. Uh, but but uh, with that being said, take your coat off because we're about to crank up the heat. Let's get things started the best way we can with the Burning River News Story of the Week. All right, so Spirit Airlines this week. My put a favorite s- airline. You're an idiot. Uh, put a six-year-old boy on the wrong flight. Are they still your favorite? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't expect anything less. Uh, he was supposed to go home to his grandma for Christmas. She was waiting for him at the airport, and he never showed up. Uh, he was supposed to go to Fort Myers from Philadelphia. Instead... The little boy showed up in Orlando. At least they got him close. Yeah, he was pretty close. <laughs> pretty close. Uh, they did figure it out eventually and got him back to his family. Um, but I have to ask this question, guys. I really do. Is this is this uh, bad airlining or bad parenting? <laughs> <laughs> um, six is pretty young to have on a flight by yourself. Right? And, like, I know uh, Spirit Airlines, uh, one, bad job out of you for losing a kid. Uh, but uh, they did come out and say, well, he was always in the care of a Spirit Airlines professional. I would hope so. He was six. Yeah. But even still, to your point, six is very young to send a kid on an airline by himself, even if he is being helped by an airline professional. If, like, you're six right. years old, dude. It's like, hello, stranger. Take care of my boy for me. <laughs> <laughs> like I've never met this this Spirit Airlines uh, employee. What if that's the guy that takes him home? The the only thing that I could see maybe separating this from um, you know potentially endangering your child is maybe this is a really mature six year old. You know that's like, what we're going with. Like I probably could have flown at six and been okay. Yeah, I knew you at six. You probably could have done it, but. Damn, I was hoping for Bone to go the other way on that one, but go on. <laughs> but, but most six-year-olds in general, like, and that's pretty young to not have a chaperone. At six years old, you were already shaking everyone's hand and telling them, hi, my name's Kenny Hendrickson. That's, I'm going to be the president of the United States one day. That's right. At six years old, I was having in-depth conversations about fractional reserve banking and fiat currency. So, um, you know, I, I, I guess I, you're the, you were the only child, the only I, six-year-old kid that could fly. I probably could have flown by myself, but I don't know about the rest of the kids like, in my <laughs> kindergarten class. Like, yeah, Zach, he was an idiot. Like, there was kids in my class that just, the way nah, they colored. I take it back. Bone, Bone was mature. The way they colored was just to smash the crayon, like, all the way until there was no crayon left. And, like, that kid couldn't have flown by himself. Uh, that was probably me. Uh, <laughs> let's be honest, guys. Uh, of all of us here, I'm probably the biggest idiot. <laughs> you would have ended up in Orlando? <laughs> yeah. And I probably would have just went about, but, oh, hey, there's, I guess I'm in Orlando Is now. Is there a flight to Tokyo? Somehow, <laughs> somehow snuck away from the chaperone. Yeah. You just really got yourself lost. I live here now. He lives in the bathroom of the airport. I've grown up on my own since I was six years old. <laughs> real... Separated from my parents on a Spirit Airlines trip. <laughs> he's, he's the real Joe Dirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, so I guess, uh, what's the consensus? Bad parenting, bad airlining. Look, I'm going to give the parents a break here because uh, it's the holidays. It's the holidays and say, like, you know, for an airline that charges you for a glass of water, I, I'm going to blame them. Hey, he just wanted to see his grandma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor All right. kid. All right. It's it's unanimous. Uh, the airlines, it was a bad job out of them. To be to be clear, though, the kid, kid did make it eventually back to his grandma. He, he did. He's yeah. not lost anymore. He's, he's, not, he's not living in the airport. So we're not saying don't fly Spirit Airlines. We're just saying if you do, you might end up somewhere else. Check your kid. 
at the gate. Yeah, I, I believe Check it. your kid at the gate. Put him in the overhead bin. Yeah, yeah they do a better dog with, or a better job with animals, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that'll take us to the week 16 recap. All right, guys. So the, the Cleveland Browns. I don't. I don't know if you know this or not. The Cleveland Browns won again. They just keep winning. I just somehow they won again. I'm not even sure what to say at this point. Like, this doesn't, it just doesn't feel like any Brown season I've ever been a part of. Um, like I'm, I'm life. legitimately running out of things to say on the show to explain how we keep winning games. It the, doesn't even make sense. The problem is like it's this feeling of confusion, but also like happiness. <laughs> like what? That I'm almost thinking like now, like as good as this year has been. Like, I don't know what the future holds for this Browns team. All I can do is be excited and happy for the way that they battle yeah, adversity all absolutely. year. And whether they lose or win, like, it just doesn't even, doesn't even matter at this point because I'm just like, what the hell is this year? But, like, I'm almost sad now for next year because, like, what, what, like, does it go back to normal next year and, like, everybody gets hurt, we just suck again? No, I think it goes back to normal next year and everybody's not hurt and expectations are super high and we suck again. And we suck again when everybody's yeah. back? Yeah, like yeah. I just, I'm fearful of next year and sad. Well, what there's you, what there's literally articles already about comparing this Brown season to the Nick Foles Philadelphia Super Bowl season. It feels there, a lot I read like an article it. today about it. I think it was like a Yahoo thing, but I mean, people are writing this shit, so it's awesome. For the last few weeks, like the, the, I, this team, I feel like has a legitimate shot at the Super Bowl, and it's yeah. just because it's like the right time, right well, just place think for about Joe Flacco. Team, we'll, we'll get into this, I'm sure, at some point in the episode, but just think about the teams that you classically, at least for the last few years, have thought about as like the powerhouses, like the like the Kansas City Chiefs of the league. Well, and, and that's what I mean. I think they're the, garbage. The league they're not never, garbage, but they're not. The good. league has never been more wide. Open when you think about the good teams, the Chiefs are skidding. Uh, Philadelphia is a good record, but has something wrong in that locker room because the something's things are, been going things on are lately. Not great there. Yep. Um, Dallas can't beat a good team. Miami is kind of like one week they'll score seventy, and the, next the only week good score team. Seven. Miami, yeah, yeah. Buffalo's beatable. Buffalo hasn't been great this year. Uh, Buffalo uh, might not even make playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the, all the teams that you thought like at the beginning of the year, this this league, they, they are who this league. They aren't who we thought they, they were. aren't who we thought they were. And all of a sudden, this Browns team has caught fire at the right time. Yeah, I agree. It's pretty wild to see. But this game, uh, we did win thirty six to twenty two. And I'll be honest with you guys, it, it was nowhere near that as close as the score indicates. No, right? this was a blowout. Like for all intents and purposes, like it was thirty six to seven. They yeah. took the starters out. Yeah, right. and yeah. But anyways, uh, well, we'll, these are the backups that started out. Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they took yeah. out the sixth string and put yeah. the fifth string back in. Uh, but we'll start with the Houston Texans because uh, we always start with our opponent of the week. Uh, we'll start on the offense. Uh, they decided to go with the two-quarterback approach this week. I uh, started with Case Keenum. He was 11-17 of 17 for 62 yards and two interceptions, and the Browns defense absolutely shit on him. Yep. Um, which, I mean, you know, they've practiced against him for a couple years, so it's not surprising. Yeah, Case Keenum wasn't good when he was here. I, that last game that he played against, I think it was Cincinnati, the last time he was here. I mean, he was just a shell of himself then, so I had zero expectations for him doing He's a shell of anything he was supposed to be ever. Of note. I mean, he is what we thought Joe Flacco should be, but Joe Flacco is is at a resurgence, apparently. But, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, he was a statue back there. He turned the ball over. He wasn't good. Yeah, and so the Texans uh, made a switch and decided to go with Davis Mills. Uh, the rest of the game, right? I mean, it was like midway through the second quarter or something, wasn't it? It was later than that because it was uh, after the Browns pretty much had this game in hand. Um, Either way, they let Davis Mills sling it. <laughs> uh, he didn't do a very good job of it. He was he got to throw 32 passes in basically a half, and he was 15 of 32 for 149 yards. He did get two touchdowns to no interceptions um, and added two rushes for nine yards. But, I mean, 
149 yards and 32 passes is not good. <laughs> yeah, I will say this. Um, I kind of feel their pain just in terms of, like, we've been there before. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, they had a st- – well, we haven't been he- – this part, we haven't been <coughs> there before. Uh, but they have a stud at quarterback. Well, that's what I mean. Like, they had a season that was going pretty well for them until their starter went out. And then, like, these guys that are backups for them are just ass. Yeah, like, not just um, bad. Like, like I, we've, we've like seen really that before, bad. and I feel bad for them. But, hey – like they That's legitimately the I'm looking at the numbers just real quick here and they threw 49 passes for just over 200 yards. <laughs> That's really bad. Um but yeah, so uh moving on running backs here for for Houston um or I should say running back, the only one of note, Devin Singletary, 9 carries for 44 yards and added three receptions for 19 yards. He had moments where he looked like he would be dangerous, but at the end of the day he just they they felt down early and just yep. weren't able to really run the ball they anyway. stayed there the whole game. Um, Dalton Schultz, uh, eight receptions for 61 yards in this. Uh, Noah Brown, three receptions for 38 yards. And then Nico Collins, four receptions for 18 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so really nobody nobody had their way with the Browns secondary at all. Um, and we'll actually talk more about that when we get into <clears> the Browns. Uh, but on defense, Houston had one sack. They forced two turnovers, uh, both interceptions. So, uh, you know, Flacco has thrown some interceptions, uh, but I think it's part of, I mean, in my opinion, you know, we... we One of those was uh, at the end of the half, just chucking it up. True, yep. true. And I will say this, uh, it's funny because, and we've talked about this on the show, everybody liked to talk about the rust with Deshaun Watson, right? Yep. I think this is what it looks like shaking off rust. Like, right. yeah, he's going to throw some interceptions, but you also see the positive side of it. Right. Um, and that's what rust should be. So it, it, we won't get too far into the Deshaun Watson Yeah, I mean, it, I kind of liken this to, like, when Nick Chubb fumbles the ball, and you're like, well, he didn't fumble for 300 times before that. So. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and like Joe Flacco, at least to this point, has, has bounced back very well basically every time he's thrown an interception. So. Right. Uh, special teams for Houston, uh, uh, Kymie Fairbairn, however you say his name, two for two extra points. Uh, and then Damian Pierce did get us. He had a kick return <clears> for <throat> a touchdown for 98 yards. That I was in the, did not expect. No, and, it, uh, and, and we'll talk more about rare. it. We'll talk more about it in a minute because it, it, it hurt the Browns in more ways than one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that takes us to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we'll start with the offense. Uh, we just mentioned him, and we'll talk more about him. Joe Flacco here, 27 of 42 for 368 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, some of the throws that he made in this game were absolutely bonkers. Like, I just watched him, and I was like, what the hell just happened? Uh, I, I mean, I know Bone was talking about one before the show started. Bone, which one were you talking about? Uh, he had, like, three guys hanging on him. He somehow <laughs> got out, and I believe he, he hit. It was either Njoku or he hit Cooper on the sideline, just threaded Cooper. the needle like back shoulder, and then Cooper just toe touched it in, and it was just unbelievable. Yeah, um, I, I don't. I'm, I'm out of superlatives for the way this guy's played. <laughs> I mean, this guy every week throw he puts up three fifty and a couple touchdowns, um, and he's efficient with the ball. He makes the right throw, the right read at the right time. He's not. Um, classically agile or uh, is good at escaping the rush, but he has just enough yep. strength. It's, it's like that, like the class of like Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Like he can, like, he can mm-hmm. move side to side with, with, with enough pace to get out of the way. Yep. And his arm strength is incredible. Not to mention, I think this guy throws one of the nicest balls in the NFL period. It's ridiculous. Like, it's comparing like his spiral, spiral to anybody I've ever seen. Play Every the throw yeah. is, yeah. is the tightest spiral I've ever seen. You know what Joe Flacco's really got going for him? Um, he's big. 
Do you, do you, do you know? Great family. <laughs> <laughs> he's a Super Bowl MVP. No, yeah. There's there's one big thing that he's got going for <laughs> he him. He's dick. just at ease. He's just like whatever. <laughs> he does have a big dick. He's got to just like you know, just at sl- this point he's just slinging it over That's his shoulder. That's how he knocks out defenders. Yeah, just slings like, it around. Like yeah, get out of the way. He's like I got the biggest uh, one. No, but I mean <laughs> seriously though, I think the biggest thing that that Joe Flacco's got going for him this season is that he's just got nothing to lose. Like he's at the end of his career and he got signed at the end of the season to do whatever he possibly could to help us stay afloat. That was the expectation. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to go out there and play with no fear, with no, nothing's holding him back. He's just playing loose. He's just playing free. And I, th- and I think that's what's been so fun is it's just, you're just watching him have fun. Yeah. I think some of the throws he makes, he's like, oh, yeah, I wasn't even sure about that one. I didn't even know I had that in me still. Uh, yeah, and, and you could tell because he makes some of these throws that you just see him sprinting down the sideline like, yeah, let's go. He's so excited. Uh, so I mean, I'm, I, I, I was watching the game with my wife this weekend, and I just I had to sound like a 13-year-old boy. Like Every time he made a throw, I'm like, oh, God, yep. another one, another one. He did it again. He's like, you're waking the baby. Yeah, it was, it was just wild. And I was, you know, we're still in the process of moving, so I'm like, Trying to to organize our house and do some stuff. It's Christmas Eve. All the every every possible distraction, and I have to stop every five minutes to look at the TV and be like, "What the hell just ha- like? How did he do that? I just don't get it." It's uh, incredible. It was. It's been so much fun to watch. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Uh, well, we'll uh, we'll talk more about Flacco, I'm sure, but uh, we'll move on to the running backs here. Uh, Jerome Ford, 15 carries for 25 yards. He did get a touchdown, but he had one reception for negative two yards, and he continues to be, as I keep saying, like. They, it's like they're trying to force Jerome Ford on us, and, and we're the touchdown, like, "Touchdown was that a not was that good. a direct snap where he caught the edge? That was one of the few plays where he's made it to the yeah. corner yeah. and turned it up. And yeah. I mean, they were only they were inside the red zone. But. Well, look what happened. He made a decision. Yeah, made a cut. That was that went, first and, touchdown, I believe, after yeah. that long. Uh, it was because then they, they they went back to back direct snaps, and they go Kareem Hunt and then him. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yep. And yeah, it's just I I, I just don't I don't know. I just feel like it's being forced on all Browns fans. Like you will like Jerome Ford, and he is going to be a good running back, but he consistently averages one point seven yards a carry. It was interesting to me too. Is I was actually just listening to uh, Jay Cutler talk about this about his time when he was in Wildcat formations because they had played a couple of clips on him um, where like when he was out there he would just kind of stand there with his hands on his hips. Um, why don't they sub the quarterback out? On those plays and like right. put in a wide receiver, just because you're playing ten on eleven, right? I mean, no one's expecting Joe Flacco to do anything when he's standing over there on the sideline. <laughs> well, he can't. Like, what's he gonna do? I mean, they like they, literally the only thing he could possibly do, and they're they're covering for it. They just they know that that's the only thing you watch for is like a double pass. Like, and they, they're gonna and throw they did, it out to him, and then he's gonna throw it again. I, I guess to their credit, they did put DTR in on a couple of those like Wildcats where they kind of like faked the pitch to him like he was gonna throw. But more importantly, just in general on the Wildcat, like why do they not just sub in a, 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 an know. athlete? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Like, Uh, sorry, like you said, put DTR in every time because then at least at the very least, you have a threat running and and throwing the ball there. Right? Yeah, I don't get it. Wildcat's weird, but anyways, uh, Kareem Hunt he had seven carries for eleven yards and he continues to average like one one yard a carry basically. Uh, One touchdown. uh, Kareem Hunt is going to show up big in these playoffs. Let me tell you. Hey, I I actually agree with you. I've said that we've said that before. Is is that even though he doesn't get that many yards per carry, I think at this point in his career, his leadership and everything else is is big in the locker room. And I think he's going to have a big game in the playoffs. Uh, one guy that we did see more of than usual, Pierre Strong True. showed up. He had five carries for 22 yards. And, and look, we've been saying it for a while now, and he's the only guy that can average more than two yards a carry, average 4.4 yards a carry. 
He just runs straight ahead. Yeah. I mean, he just goes and he's fast. Yeah. And it, it, it's crazy because every time they sub him in and he gets a run, he looks like he's hitting a whole different gear <clears throat> than the other two running yeah. backs. And for some reason, we don't want to give him the ball. Yeah, I can't figure that one out. I'm hoping that the, that this is classic uh, Stefanski, and he's saving him for the playoffs. And, That's right. And uh, just come out and get unleashes him. Yeah. <laughs> Pierre Strong goes for two hundred two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we'll move on to the wide receivers. Amari <clears throat> Cooper. Yeah, my God, Amari Cooper. Hot damn! Eleven receptions for two hundred and sixty-five yards, two touchdowns. Look, I know we're all dying to talk about him. I will say this. Keep it brief, guys, because we are going to come back to Amari Cooper very, very soon here. Uh, we got you got just one thing to say about Amari yeah, Cooper before we move on. I'll just say this: I think Amari, like I think, because he's so consistent at what he does, he gets undervalued or un- just just not represent. Like he is an elite receiver in this league. Yeah. And I, I think he doesn't get the credit that he deserves because he's just not flashy. And I'll be honest, even he's, by us sometimes, like we've talked yeah, about like, how like could do a, should we get another number just, one receiver? He just, has a, he just has a mediocre 112 yards like every, every week. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we just expect that out of him. But like, that's what top tier receivers do in this league every week is catching yeah. hundred yards. So, um, he's, he's, he, I'm glad he's on our team. Yeah. yeah fair. <laughs> Boney got anything quick about Amari? Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, it was so so fun to watch, and he was just grabbing everything this week. Like some of those sideline passes from Flacco were just. It was almost insane. like every time you couldn't, you, you thought like, "There's no way they could go to him again," and they they just yeah. Did. It was kind of like <laughs> the, when Josh Cribbs told us like, um, you know, he would just throw it to his friend. Did you hear the interview after the game? And Joe Flacco was like, "When I heard he needed ten yards for the the uh, um, record, the record, he's like." It's not like I had to look for him. I knew he was going to be open, so I just threw him the ball once, and there we were. I mean, it's like they got together before the game, and he was like, Amari, I'm just going to throw you every ball. <laughs> what do you think about that? Yep. Yeah. It, it, like I said, we will talk about Amari again here soon, but uh, next up here on the receivers, uh, David Njoku, uh, six receptions, 44 yards, and a touchdown of his own, so he's been playing very well of late. Yeah, I mean, a game where – Amari Cooper has 265 yards. There's not a whole lot left to go around. But, but David Njoku still made an impact. So. But, yeah, he, made the, he had the touchdown catch. Uh, I mean, he's on your fantasy team. You had a solid week this week. Yeah. No, no complaints there. I mean, I think there just wasn't a lot of balls to go around outside of what, what Amari caught. So. Yep. And great, then, great touchdown. I mean, yeah, he had a guy right on him yep. You know, in the end zone, and Flacco just put it perfectly, and he made a great catch. Yep. Um, and then next up uh, for the receivers, the only other one I wanted to mention, just because we've talked about him a lot on this program, uh, Cedric Tillman, two receptions for 13 yards. So even though uh, between those two, that's 300 yards plus receiving, uh, still getting looks. Cedric Tillman was still getting looks. So that, that was good to see. And then on the defensive side of things here, the defense looked good in this one. Uh, most of Houston po- Houston's points came against special teams and in garbage time. Um, they, they did get three sacks. They forced two turnovers. Miles still not getting any calls. Uh, but, I mean, overall, I think the defense looked good in this one. And I don't, you know, even though they scored, the Houston Texans scored 22 points, almost all of those weren't the defense's fault. Yeah. So. Uh, but we'll start with Miles Garrett. Uh, again, like I said, he's still not getting calls. He did not have any sacks in this. He really needs to get it together to have the what was it uh, the the same. There was a there was a number, and we talked about it a few weeks ago that only T.J. Watt and one other person have that many sacks through it's their like, first hundred games. Yeah, to get and to he's he's like three <clears throat> shy, and he's it, sitting at like ninety seven games or something. <clears throat> like that. Yeah, 
so he needs to get it in gear. Uh, and if he could get some freaking calls, though, I mean, this dude would literally have like 20 sacks this year. Yeah, I mean, week in and week out, this is just baffling to watch him get held the way that he does. Um, and then you watch some of the Tiki Tech calls made on other players, and you're like, you know, the guy had his arm caught. He had a guy locked in, and then his hand floated across his shoulder pad, and it's holding. Like, what? Miles is getting, like he's getting yanked down by, by his a, face mask, by and- face mask in the neck repeatedly, and no one cares. <laughs> he's just so big, strong, and fast that it's like the. I think we mentioned it last week. It's like the LeBron James effect. He just and because it looks like it doesn't affect you as much as everybody else, you don't get any calls. And to Miles' credit, like you know, I, I know he's come out and, and talked about it, but to his credit during the game, like he, he, just, he just keeps the motor going. Yeah. I mean, I saw yeah. I saw him get thrown down a couple of times. Well, and and he just got back up and just followed the play. I and mean, to he be was still fair, trying to make an impact. He really only mentioned it that one time when he said the heck of shit craps needs to stop. That's like the only time he's really mentioned it. Yeah. Besides that, he's done. He's actually kept his mouth shut, right. which is insane given the amount of times he's been held and it hasn't been called. Yeah, and look, I think the thing is, even when he's being held, Miles is still making an impact because he's forcing double teams his way. He's forcing that extra chip block yep. his way, yep. um, and it's allowing guys like um, Zadarius and Agbo to get, to get to get home. J-O-K, so yeah. um, his his. His presence is still felt very much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up here on the defensive side of things, uh, Zadarius Smith, two sacks in this one, uh, in four QB hits, uh, and, and and also one <clears throat> pass defense. So this dude was blowing up the O line all night. Yeah, I mean, look again. I think it's, a lot of that is to do with Miles Garrett as well. Not not to downplay that performance. It's a great performance. But I think they asked Miles during or before the game about the sack drought. Um, and he kind of said, hey, look, like just because I'm not getting home doesn't mean other guys aren't, and it's good for their development, it's good for their stats, and you know for their career. So if I'm on a team where everybody on the defensive line has 10 or more sacks, then like <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah, um, but so. I'd agree with that. I mean, and I think that's one of the things where um, we've talked about like what Miles Garrett is versus what people wanted him to be as far as – either leadership style or just like play style. He plays for the team, in my opinion. Um, besides, I will I will say he does take a few plays off here and there, but that's besides the point. Uh, but he plays for the team, and he wants the team to do well, and he doesn't necessarily care about those individual stats. And so, no. you know, he's not always going to sit there and— Because and if it's taking three guys to Black Miles, like, he's doing his job. Yeah. It's just, it's like, it's just like being a nose tackle, you know? Yeah. Like, your job is to draw a double team, like— you can't you can't double team the nose tackle and miles and have anybody left to block. So. Well, and, and the numbers don't lie. Like uh, you know, everybody <clears throat> likes to talk about well, T.J. Watt has this many sacks compared to uh, Miles Garrett's uh, number of sacks, but T.J. Watt wins like less than half the amount of the matchups that he has as Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett gets double teamed far <clears throat> more often than T.J. Watt does. Like there's all these different things. Yeah. If you look at the in depth statistics. I mean, Miles Garrett is clearly the better pass rusher. I mean, we're talking about Zadarius Smith, and we already went back to Miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but anyways, uh, Alex Wright, one sack and one pass defense in this uh, for him. Uh, so that D line is is uh, you know even even the backups and everybody else that were playing they're they're getting it done um, and they keep making an in- impact on every single game. Was was Alex Wright hurt or is he just getting time right now because of somebody's injury? I. 
I, I haven't seen him in a while, or is it? Am I mistaken? He's been playing. I, I just, he's I think young. he's. Okay. I think he's just been like a rotation, yeah, yeah. like gotcha. a like right. a piece in the rotation, but not necessarily a feature guy. But he's he probably is getting more time yeah, now with all good. injuries. He played good. I mean, heck, last week we just had two more <clears throat> off or defensive linemen go down. So we'll talk about that. Um, and then uh, the secondary for the Browns, I thought they looked great in this one. They only allowed 178 pass yards. There was not a single pass allowed in this game over 20 yards. Uh, and they had a, a, the defense as a whole had 11 <clears throat> total passes defensed in this game, which is insane. MJ Emerson is, is still is getting like beat up on penalties for DPI and stuff, um, but yeah. I, they were targeting the hell out of him. It was, yeah, I mean, I think that's where a lot of the balls were thrown, and, and it, it's hard, right? Yeah. I mean, to not to not. Look, there's there's probably defensive holding and pass interference as well as offensive holding and pass interference on every play. Yeah, defensive it's just holding. Just a matter is, of whether it gets called. And can we be real here? Like, I think it's. I was a defensive guy, and I think it's absolutely ridiculous that a that a five yard penalty gets you an automatic first down every time. Right. Like that's just. It's unreal, given the <clears throat> fact that that you know it's not like you don't even lose a down. On offense, when you have a hold, well, and you it, get an automatic first it, down when you're on defense, it's almost like as as hard as it is to play defense now. It's almost like when you get the ball back and you're under a minute, I feel like more teams just chuck the ball down the sideline, hoping for a DPI call, yeah. than even try mm-hmm. to play offense because yeah. it's just you're more likely to get a call. Like to me, that that five yard holding automatic first down, like in some well, cases, like ruins the game because like that's it's like the, that's the worst case scenario. It's like you're going to get a defensive hold, but if you can get a DPI down a field 40 yards, like all of a sudden you're in field goal range. And I guess there's always the argument like, okay, well then that, if you don't make it an automatic first down, they're just going to hold on every play. Uh, like if, like say a DB gets beat, he's just going to grab a jersey and hold and say, well, I'm not beat now, and it's only five yards. But on the flip side of that, it's like, okay, well then make that a, if it's clearly, yeah, if it's a, a clear thing, just make it a pass interference. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It, it just bothers me that a five-yard uh, defensive holding gets a first down every time, especially because uh, defensive backs don't always, you know, their backs are turned. They're they're playing the guy and not necessarily looking at the quarterback the whole time. So they don't even know when the ball's in the air. And you're right. allowed to hand fight before the ball's in the air. So Well, I'll just go back to this. Like I, People talk about quarterback being the premier position in football, and, and that's fine and well and dandy. But the toughest position Corner. in football is defensive back, period. Yeah. Absolutely. This is the hardest position to play, especially with the rule changes in the last 10 years where we've made it impossible to guard receivers that keep getting bigger, faster, and stronger every year. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, so we'll move on, though. Special teams here uh, for the Browns. Dustin Hopkins, two for two extra points, uh, but he pulled a hammy just four points shy of Jim Brown's record. Um it was on. I mentioned we would talk about it again. It was on the kick return for a touchdown. He was trying to save the touchdown, and he uh, he, he he tried to run too fast. Uh, so we're going to start with hold your thoughts there, Kenny, because I know Bone's probably devastated. Bone, what are you, what are your thoughts on the situation here? Yeah, it's it's sad. It's really <laughs> sad. But I'm optimistic. I think I think uh, we will be assigned a kicker. So I think we have a short week. <coughs> so I think he's just going to rest up a little bit. And, uh, he'll be back and he'll be back for Cincinnati. You think so? Yeah, he get, he gets Jim Brown's record in in the game, final oh, yeah. game against Cincinnati. That'd be great. What do you think, Kenny? <sighs> I, He's scared. You know, I just have a I have a hard time with this because as a special teams unit, you're a part of it. And you're expected to try and contribute. 
Like, why not just let that guy go at that point? If you're Dustin, Ho- I mean, was Dustin Hopkins going to stop him? <laughs> no. Let's be honest. Dustin Hopkins um, was stopping nobody. He part, almost had him. And part of Dustin this Hopkins is, would have tried to tackle him and been stiff-armed to the ground and then ran down to the end zone and shook his hand and be like, good job, buddy. Yeah. You're 33 <laughs> years old. Like, this just, this just isn't your place to be anymore. And so, like, part of this is, like, bad decision-making. The second part of this is you're a kicker. Your legs should always be warm. Um, so I'm a little worried, like a pulled hammy out of a kicker, just, just, just not taking warm up seriously. Like this, it was the start of the game. Like, I, I don't know that it, it bothers me that, um, your, your kicker's legs aren't ready. It wasn't to go. the start of the game. It was, it was the beginning of the game. It was like the second or third possession. Wasn't it? The, when the kickoff return it was happened. our second touchdown or it was after our second touchdown. Yeah. So I think it was like second quarter sometime. Uh, Either way, you should you should always be ready to play. Like I don't know, it was the first time he's been asked to sprint all year. Like you're gonna pull a hammy every time I ask you to sprint. Come on. To be fair, I'm pretty sure it's the hamstring in his plant leg, so that's not <clears> the <throat> one he was keeping warm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your legs should both be warm. You're a kicker. You gotta use them both. But either way, I just devastating for Dustin Hopkins because he's been so good all year. Yeah. Um, so I, I I wouldn't be sad if Jim Brown kept the record for mo- just because of the. The history of Jim Brown. I'd be fat, I'd be sad for for Bone. I'd be, I'd be sad for Bone. Be sad. For <laughs> He's the biggest Dustin Hopkins fan that lives. Here's, here's my biggest thing: is whether Dustin, Dustin Hopkins clearly isn't coming back this week. Um, whether he comes back next week or not, like I'm more worried about having a healthy Dustin Hopkins going into the playoffs. Yes. Yeah. So if he has to miss the rest of the regular season, I say they season, just. I say they keep the both the kickers on the roster, and uh, if if Dustin Hopkins is at least healthy enough to like. Kick short kicks. They should just put him in on extra point. <laughs> I will say this also, <laughs> and, and let though, him get his record. Bad job out of uh, Bubba Ventrone and this coaching staff not having a second option. Uh, hold on, hold on. Not to be, not to, that they would fill in for Dustin Hopkins, but even like to to punt the ball when Bajork West went down. Well, like, hold on. So that's where I was going with this is. Almost every team in the NFL, the kicker's the number one guy, and then the punter's the backup. Sure. Who would have thought that the kicker and the punter were hurt in the same game? I don't know, but it happens. And I've seen quarterbacks pooch punt balls like this is this kid this give me twenty yards on the other side. Don't just yeah. don't just go forward on fourth down because you have to. I'm just saying like it was kind of a freak thing. Like what what are the chances that both your kicker and your punter get hurt in the same game? I, I know, but if this was a closer game against a good opponent, wouldn't you be pissed that you couldn't punt the ball? Probably, but it wasn't, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, luckily, luckily we were dominating. It sounds like Bajoraquez is not as serious, and he'll be back this week. Uh, from what what I was reading, so um, hopefully that's the case. TBD. Sure, it's still a short week. Uh, it is a short so week. That's what's scary about it. That's a, a short bad week. thing. But it could be good because you know you've seen these experiments play out at, at uh, like the college level. I know there's a few teams that do it, and, I, and there's definitely a lot of teams that do it at the high school level, where on fourth down. No matter where they are on the field, they just go for it. Like well, unless, it, unless it's did. like fourth and fifteen plus, like you just go for it. It was interesting to see that style of football because we talked about eliminating the extra point, like yeah. in general over the last. Yeah, few let's years. just do it. Let's just always to, go for two. So have to watch them go for two every. And time. what happened in this game? It basically evened out. Like yeah. it just was like a wash. Like, well, I think it was more interesting is if you eliminate the extra point if you have like a two point line and like a three point line. Yeah, like a five. Point I like line. it. I like it. Go back to the 25, make it worth five points. Something. I like it. So, uh, But, yeah, devastating for Dustin Hopkins, but we need him back healthy for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so whatever it takes to get him that way, I think, is is the important thing right now. 
Yep. And then uh, next up here, coaching Stefanski. Uh, what else can I say here? Uh, we won again after sustaining multiple injuries to starters. We just mentioned both kickers were hurt in this game. Um, there was probably other injuries. You kind of just stopped counting after a while. Um, but this dude is performing miracles every week, getting this team ready to play, knowing uh, th- with the whole team knowing that on any given Sunday, uh, you're likely going to have three to five guys that go down with injuries that land them on IR. So <laughs> I have one criticism of Stefanski this week. Sure. I'm, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Um, now, to your point, like all in all, win the game, good one. You know, essentially, it was a blowout. Fine. Um, you've had injuries to quarterbacks all year long. Um, in this game, was it necessary to have DTR on the field at all? No. Did you Did you need him on the field at all? No. I mean, was the misdirection he provided on three or four plays necessary to win the game? No. No. And now he's on the injured reserve of the hip, so he's done for the year. D- um, DTR's on IR. I didn't I, know that. Did, what, is that announced today? That was came out today. Jeez, yeah. So, hey, I didn't know that either. Damn. Um, I know we'll get to the injury report, but yeah, I mean, done for the year because what? You have a handful of plays to be a gadget guy. Like, okay, that's a. I agree with you. That you, is you, a big criticism. You've got Joe Flacco, who's forty years old, and a one other healthy quarterback on your roster who who is ass. Just just who's let him just, absolute ass. So please don't go back to PJ Walker. Oh, they signed PJ Walker today. So, um, so that's your that's your backup heading into this week. But you have a forty-year-old Joe Flacco who I think is is good for the long haul. But just in case, like you would have much rather had DTR for the next two games than PJ Walker. Yeah. Um, so that's my only like wasn't necessary. No. And, and if you, if you wanted a guy that was a gadget player to go, in, you, you have plenty of athletes to choose from. Put good, good one back there. Put um, put um, David Bell or one of these guys. Like let let them be your gadget guy. Wow. Not why am I using my backup? My only other healthy backup quarterback on the roster when I've had four quarterback injuries all season long. I don't know. Let's Not go get, necessary. Let's go get Nick Foles. Let's just sign all the all the all the old. big dick Nicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up here though, uh, Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz. Uh, defense looked good again. Uh, I said it last week. The swagger is back with this defense. Um, they're excited after every big play. They're they're starting to dominate, start to finish like they did earlier in the season. Um, again, the points scored were in garbage time or on special teams, and nothing you can do as a defense, uh, a defensive unit, to stop a kick return for a touchdown. So, yeah. um, I'll put this defense against literally anybody in the NFL. Oh, agreed. And I know, I know, uh, we'll talk about it later. I know Baltimore's <coughs> defense is playing well right now too, but I would put this defense against anybody in the NFL. I would. Uh, to your point about Baltimore, the biggest difference between Baltimore and this defense is they have a Roquan Smith. Yeah, and he makes up so much of what that defense does. Where I feel like Our team, this defense is a team defense is anybody can hurt you, and anybody can pick up a ball, pick up a ball. Anybody can make a sack or a fumble, yep. um, and it can happen at any time. Where like Roquan is the heart and soul of defense. So yep. you know, knock on wood for him, he stays healthy. But um, but if he were to go down, like that's a huge blow for. I mean, the defense would be half as good as it is. Like I would argue that Roquan going down for Baltimore would be just as big, if not bigger, as Lamar Jackson going down for them. Sure, because that defense is completely different without him. But I also think like I would almost put it like if Miles went down, if Miles went down, it'd be a huge blow. Oh, it'd be but, bad. But the team would still, the defense would still be pretty good. Yeah, like they, I, they I could would agree. survive without Miles for a game or two. I would agree. Um, and so I guess with the defense here, the last thing I guess is, 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 is keep playing well. Let's get that last W and start talking about the playoffs. Um, but next up here, Bubba Ventrone, special teams, uh, did show some cracks this week. 
Uh, Damian Pierce returned that one ninety-eight yards for a touchdown. You d- you don't really see many kick returns uh, for touchdowns in the NFL anymore. No. Uh, and and in the same play, it got our kicker hurt. So um, really, <clears throat> just a, a massive disappointment on special teams there. I think they still remain the best unit in the NFL, but um, yeah, I mean that just wasn't a good look there. Yeah, again, I mean, that's probably a conversation Bubba Ventron should have with Dustin Hopkins. It's like, like, what are you doing, guy? You, you, at this point in your career, you're just, if, if yeah. you're the last guy, then I guess they get six points. <laughs> like, well, yeah. We, you were more valuable to, valuable to us healthy and kicking than busted because you tried to make a tackle. Like, honestly, if, if Dustin Hopkins is my kicker, I probably would have told him, like, don't even cover kicks. Yeah, just, kick the ball run and to run the to the sideline. Side I don't even like, care. If they right. get passed, that's not on you. Right. Um, overall though, total yards, Cleveland, 418, Houston, 250 first downs, Cleveland, 26, Houston, 20 time of possession, Cleveland, 33, 34, Houston, 26, 26 penalties, Cleveland, nine for 55 Houston, 10 for 76 and turnovers, Cleveland and Houston both had two here. So, uh, first things first, what are we going to do without kickers? <laughs> uh, we literally have no kickers. Uh, they did sign an ex-Lions kicker. What's the dude's name? Uh, Pat- Patterson. Patterson. Uh, uh, he, 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 I do know this. Patterson is 100% on kicks this season, and he's kicked a decent amount. I think he's like 15 to 17 on the season or something like that. He played for the Lions. And he, uh, he's 100% this season from 30 to 49 yards. So, like, the ones that you, like, should be the – Mid-range, easier ones. I mean, the very least, I think they got to kick an extra point. Yeah, and and, and I think so. I think he's missed two field goals and two extra points this season. It's not like he hasn't kicked that many. Like I said, I think he's like 15 to 17, so he's actually kicked a decent amount this year. Um, I think I heard he missed two... Uh, extra points back to back, and that kind of got him in the doghouse yeah. and kicked off. Yeah, and so and, and so, and I think it cost him the game. Yeah, um, but. I mean, he's he's missed two extra points. He's missed two field goals. And that's the, not bad. The reality is, you're heading into what week seven, seventeen. Uh, I mean, there's not a lot of guys available. They're either rostered or hurt. Um, so you just need a guy that can kick the ball. Yeah. My <laughs> so. point is, they they signed probably the most consistent guy that you could sign. Yeah, and he played for the, the Jaguars last year, and they were in the playoffs. So he has some playoff experience yep. if it comes to that. Um, but we'll see. I mean, look, I mean, hopefully this team with Joe Flacco is not in a position where it's a team of destiny where they, you know, this is the team of an extra point of destiny. Uh, destiny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another Browns news here. The Browns sent out their virtual Christmas card this week and had David and Joku in an uncomfortable spot. He was standing in front of the fire holding a football wrapped in Browns paper. And David and Joku was quick to point out and ask the question, why did you guys feel the need to put me next to the fire? <laughs> that's that's messed up, man. That's kind of messed up. Man. Yeah, uh, no, it was it was a pretty cool Christmas card and and uh, funny moment there for David and Joku on social media. Um, but yeah. yeah, lack of awareness there. Maybe they yeah. could have probably put him anywhere else, but yeah, you put him in the fire. They yeah, put him right in the fire. <laughs> uh, with this win, though, the Browns' chances of making the playoffs now stand at greater than ninety nine percent. Winning their um, and I know the Browns fans are telling are sitting there thinking. So you're telling me there's a chance? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but they they might get in regardless. Uh, but one more win would absolutely clinch it. Um, good opportunity this week, and we'll talk more about that in the second half of the show uh, with the Jets. But uh, they they remain at the tenth best odds of winning the Super Bowl at plus forty five hundred, which is a little bit better than it was last week. Uh, it equates to about a two point two percent chance of winning it all. That's up point four percent. Nice. 
Um, and so again, you're you're telling me there's a chance it could go either way here. Look, I, we have the same chance of m- missing the playoffs as we do winning the Super Bowl, basically. Yeah, and they control their own destiny, which is nice. And I think a lot of times when we get to this point in the season, the Browns are hovering around near 500. If they're that lucky, um, you're kind of waiting on someone else to win a game to knock somebody else out. Like the Browns win this week, they're in. Um, really, the win of the next two weeks, one of the next two, you're in. Um, you basically have to lose out and have a bunch of things bad happen to not make it at this point. Yeah, so. well, like I said, they could probably lose out, and chances are they're still making the playoffs right. because of the scenarios. But, I mean, yeah. Uh, Dustin Hopkins, uh, we just talked about him. Uh, he's up to 123 points this season uh, before he went down with that hamstring injury. So uh, we already mentioned it last week, but the single-season franchise record for a kicker previously was 120 by Phil Dawson in 2007. That one's been broken. D-Hop owns that one. Um, the single season franchise record for any player is 126 by Jim Brown in 1965. He is three points short of tying it and four points short of breaking it. Um, if he wouldn't have gotten hurt this week, he, he would have broke it this week. Um, will he be healthy, healthy enough to return during the regular season to get a crack at it? I don't know. We'll see. Hamstring's tough for a kicker. Yep. Uh, regardless, don't worry, Bone. I'm going to continue to track this one because I know that you're ready to explode over there. So... Uh, you know what I've been thinking about recently? What? Um, just because you know, we both have like a golf background. Yeah, okay. If you had to hit a golf ball through the uprights, let's let's say like 33 times, or how many kicks Dustin's made this year. Yeah. Like, could you do it? No. Like, just between, like, it's like, and hitting like a wedge, I mean, you're not, I mean, thinking about yards overall, I mean, you're at 45, 50, 60 yards. Could you, with, uh, with the wedge, make 30 consecutive attempts through the uprights of the golf ball. No, absolutely not. And I will say this, though, and that's even with it being known that uh, – what, what do they say as far as distance to uh, uh, direction correlation in golf? The longer the shot, the worse the distance. Sure. Uh, the shorter the shot – uh, or I'm sorry, the longer the shot, the worse the direction. The right. shorter the shot, the better better direction where your distance starts getting like you're off. So um, even though you're more accurate short range, I still don't think he could do right, it. So it's a pretty it, tight spot. In this scenario, is there shrubbery and trees between the heights of no, five no, and six feet? No, just on a football field no. <laughs> through, the, through, the, through the uprights. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm, like, I'm thinking of it in my head. I'm like, you should be able to. Because like, you, you, you do it once yeah. from, from 50 yards. Like, yeah. Seems easy enough. Yeah, if you're a golfer could out there you, listening to this, yeah. though, think about, do think about times? realistically, think about how many times you're like, I'm 50 yards out. And you're like, I'm gonna hit the green, and then it's like way left or way right, and it's like almost every time that you hit the ball. So, but now think about doing that same thing with your foot, and just like how hard that job. Oh yeah, is. <laughs> like it's wild. It has to be exponentially easier to hit a golf ball with a sand wedge than it is to kick a football, and we couldn't even do it with a, with a wedge. Like, yeah, I mean the golf the golf club definitely takes less energy. <laughs> well, yeah, but. I mean, if you told me I had to... I don't know if it's... I think it's simpler. I don't know if it's easier. If you told me I had to do one or the other, I would pick the golf club every time. Oh, I would because I'm well past my prime and I could kick... I'd probably kick a 20-yard field goal. Even in my prime, like a 30-yard field goal was like like long for me because I wasn't a kicker. Like that would... That was a... I kicked it as hard as I could to kick it 30 yards. That's fair. I don't know where we're going this. But, I, just uh, I was just thinking about it the other day. I was like, could a, could a, could a good golfer make But you're holding me up from getting to something that. really important here, and I'm talking about the Burning River Sportscast Dog of the Week. Hoo, hoo. 
doesn't matter, man. You got to play tough people in the National Football League. You got to be ready, and we got to be the dogs that we are every time we step on there on Sunday and be ready to attack. And don't stop until uh, we're in that locker room. Shanks goes careening away. Yeah, it's literally gonna be Shanks straight right. I'm be like, I don't know where the fuck that came from. And then the next four go go with it. Yeah. My good. Yeah. All right. So this week's Burning River Sportscast Dog of the Week is obviously Amari Cooper. Eleven receptions, 265 yards, two touchdowns. A monster game for Amari Cooper. This broke Josh Gordon's record of 261 yards against the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2013. He is also the first Cleveland Browns player to ever have back-to-back seasons of 1,000 receiving yards. Oh, and by the way, this is officially the best season of Amari Cooper's career. So, uh, yeah, Amari Cooper's pretty amazing, guys. This is a phenomenal game. It's funny, actually. I was just watching that Jacksonville game because we were playing the Jaguars. So yeah. there was a bunch of clips of like the ja- old Jacksonville Browns games recently. And I was just watching that game with Josh Gordon, and I was like, like just think about good Josh Gordon. Well, like, he did it with shit been. quarterbacks. Like, oh, the I worst mean, quarterbacks. I think his quarterback that year was Brandon Whedon. <laughs> um, but, look, good for Amari. I'm, I'm happy that... Look, people, you can say what you want about Josh Gordon. I don't have a problem personally with Josh Gordon, but to have Amari in the record book there for yards in the game means more to me than having Josh Gordon do it because of all the baggage with Josh Gordon. Not only his baggage, but yeah. just the baggage with the teams around that time. True. Like the fact that. Like that like, was that they weren't good. <laughs> like it just brings up bad memories, to be honest with you. Like a lot of bad memories from So that to time. now be able to be like to tell that story to my kids someday about like Lamar was just on, caught every ball thrown to him. It was ridiculous. Like, it's a better story than at Josh Gordon. Yeah, he had like four really big catches in that game. Before um, they before they allowed players to smoke weed, he smoked weed and got kicked out, <laughs> yeah, of, the league kicked out for, of the league for like six years. Uh, so good on, on Amari. Again, I just go back to this guy. I think is under under appreciated, undervalued in the league because he's not a super flashy guy. All he does is come in week after week and have workman-like performances of 100, 120 yards and a touchdown. Um, So to have him just break loose and have him have a monster game was really fun to watch. (coughs) You know, we've talked a lot about what makes Amari a good receiver on this show in the past. Um, And I think one of the things, like watching this game in particular, was um, and if you've never maybe played receiver, you may not even really have a concept of this in your to mind. High point the ball. But not only that, but his ability to run the route tree. And what I mean by that is like at that break point in that route, his route looks entirely the same up until that break point. So yeah. whether it's an in, whether it's an out, whether it's a poster flag. Sets uh, them all drag, up the same exact he, way. The same way. Whether, you know, depth of target changes, but you don't know what he's running until he's run it. Yep. Um, and I think a lot of receivers have have tells and struggle with that. I mean, it's one of the hardest things to do is to to make mask every route to look the same until you make your break. He's so good at it. Yep. Um, that and a way that he creates and comes off of contact at, at the point of the catch. Um, but just his route tree is so phenomenal. Um, and you watch him just, he's running. You don't know whether he's running a, a fade or a stop because it's just the same. It's the same up until he does it. Yep. Um, and it's amazing. I mean, he's, 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 
Joe Flacco is the best quarterback I've seen in the Browns jersey. Amari Cooper might be the best receiver I've seen in the well, Browns we've, jersey. We've talked about, yeah. like, just to add on to that, is is that is the reason why he's so good. Is His route running allows him to be wide open on most plays. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just crazy to watch because it's it's – like I said, when you think he can't keep doing it, he just keeps doing it. So, um, and it was just funny because there was a couple times where it was like he hit Amari for a huge catch, and then he went right back to him, and you're just like, again, <laughs> another <laughs> again? one. <laughs> it was insane. Yeah, it was like DJ Khaled, another one, another one. Uh, but anyways, that'll take us to the division roundup. <laughs> All right, so it was a week of blowouts in the AFC North this week, uh, which nobody saw coming. Uh, Bone actually texted us during the games, and he was like, it's so hard to pick AFC North <laughs> games, and we agreed. Um, but we'll start with the Ravens, because um, this one was actually the most surprising one to me. They dominated the 49ers on Christmas Day, 33-19. to uh, Bone Man and I were both wrong. Kenny was right. Um, I did not see them running away with this one like they did, but I guess nobody saw Brock Purdy throwing four interceptions either, so... I just think the Ra- I mean I said it last week the Ravens are playing some of the best football in the league right now, um, and Brock Purdy is still. It's just like is Brock Purdy good or is Brock Purdy the the, Purdy pro- the product of like oh, being in the nice. right place at the right time? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I would say that his MVP hopes are probably dashed. After oh, this week. absolutely! You you can't throw four picks in weeks week sixteen. You win the MVP when you get benched. When you have like a prime time game against like one of the other top teams in the NFL, when you get you just, benched for Sam Darnold. You're no longer my most valuable player. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So as I said, good kudos to Kenny. He did pick that one right, and we were both wrong in this one. Uh, that rarely happens. Yeah, it feels uh, bad. Feels real bad. Um, next up, the Steelers violently humped the Bengals this week, thirty-four to eleven. Got no words for this one. Me Where, neither. Where'd Jake Browning go? He's gone. <laughs> he realized that he was just a high school phenom, not a not a college, not a. He's just not that good. I mean, what was that? Yeah, uh, I don't know, but. Again, I, and now they're they're one step. The Steelers are one step closer to Mike Tomlin, still remaining. Well, yeah, they're above yeah, they're above five hundred now, right? They're eight and seven. Yep. Um, I just like by the time I excuse me, Christmas Eve or whatever when I, this game was on and I'm looking for the game. By the time I turned this game, on, it was twenty one nothing. I was like, what in yeah. the world? What happened? It got bad, fast. Um, yeah, I, I, I remember I had the same reaction. I looked at it and I was like, well, I guess we're all wrong in this game. <laughs> yeah. This is nobody's coming back from that. Um, just terrible. And then finally, obviously, the Browns beat the Texans uh, 36 to 22, and it was not even that close. Uh, and <clears throat> we were all right in that one. And Kenny actually called for a blowout. We all had a pretty wide scoring margin, but Kenny specifically said this was going to be a blowout. Like we were going to score big, and they were not going to score very many. So, uh, hell yeah. It was a good week for Kenny. Oh, yeah. um, so for the AFC North standings, uh, in order here, Baltimore at 12 and three, Cleveland at 10 and five. Somehow we still have a chance at that number one seed if Baltimore loses the next two games and we went out. Uh, there's some other things need to happen with Miami losing a game, uh, but we could still get that number <coughs> one seed. Probably not getting it. Let's be honest, but I thought if still we were, a chance. I thought if we were going to get it, it would have been 49ers, 49ers had to win. One. Yeah. 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 I was pumped for that game and I was uh, pretty quickly. My hopes were dashed. But when. in the season of destiny, what if the Browns had a first round bye? That would pretty home get, field. Get people healthy. 
That'd be pretty dope. Ass. Maybe Nick Chubb comes back. <laughs> <laughs> Win the Chubb, Burma Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say. Uh, no, but yeah. So Baltimore in first at twelve and three. Cleveland in second at ten and five. Pittsburgh has now overtaken Cincinnati with that win at eight and seven. Uh, as they hold the tiebreaker, and Cincinnati is also 8-7, and seven, but in fourth place. And so for King of the North, and we'll talk more about this in the second half of the show, uh, Bone remains in first place at 28-22. and 22. I am in second place at 27-23, and 23, and Kenny is trying to scratch and claw his way back into this thing, but remains under 500 at 23-27. and 27. You gotta say uh, it like that? You gotta say it like that. Yeah, you gotta say it like that because <laughs> I gotta, I gotta humble you a little bit. You're like, I had a better week than you guys. Well, you're still in last place. Suck it. Uh, and that'll take us to a quick trip around the NFL. <laughs> All right, so Kareem Jackson, best known for playing for Denver this season and being fined and suspended multiple times for egregious and violent hits, has been released by the team. To be fair, egregious and violent hits is just what some people used to call football. That's true. (laughs) Some of his this year have been pretty bad, though. I mean, the dude's just, like, launched his head into other people's heads. I mean, I'll give you that, like, you have to know the rules now. (laughs) Yeah, you got to adapt. you you got to adapt. You can't keep playing the same way and hope nothing happens. But clearly he's he's a decent player because the Texans promptly – Picked him up sure. like right away. Uh, I'm just glad that they waited until the week after they played the Browns because we already have enough injuries. We don't need more. True. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys still can't beat a good team. No, they can't. Uh, they lost to the Dolphins, uh, and this was the battle of the teams that couldn't beat good teams. And now we know the Dolphins are the team that can beat <laughs> good teams that can't beat other good teams. Look, I've been high on <laughs> Dallas all year long, but I mean, I you, you can't argue with the results. So they can't beat good teams. <laughs> I think they've. I don't think they've had a they, win. They beat Philadelphia, which is a good team. But Philadelphia has been in the middle of their. Is own that their skin, only win so. against a team that's over five hundred this I, year? I think so. Yeah, not good. Um, the Chiefs. Another team that's typically good lost to a guy that threw for 62 <laughs> yards this week. And it turns out that Taylor Swift is not good for football Taylor in Sh- Kansas City. Taylor Swift is the worst GM of all time. <laughs> you don't uh, think she should be making decisions? No. I Look, here's the thing. This thing has been a circus in and around <clears throat> Kansas City since week one. Oh, yeah. At what point? Did, well, it was I mean, like, it was like to be fair, it was like week five when, when, well, when they it, started it all started. Dating, whatever. Yeah. Like, um, this thing has been absolutely. I'm circus. surprised they haven't broke up yet. True, <laughs> that'll be all also devastating. Travis Kelsey probably won't catch a ball all week. They still out uh, there making out in front of her dad. Uh, I don't, that's I don't, awkward. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I just um, like Patrick Mahomes has been on a terror of throwing his helmet off and yelling at people. Travis uh, Kelsey did this week. He's he a threw little whiny. At, he threw his helmet across the sideline this week. Like. At what point did the Chiefs say, like, guys, like, it's enough. We didn't change anything. This guy went all Hollywood with Trailer Swift and brought Trailer all, Swift. Yeah, she's Trailer Swift now. Brought, brought all her, <laughs> brought all her buddies in. Tractor um, Trailer Swift. <laughs> you know, you have to be wondering what Brittany Mahomes is thinking, like, up in the press box now. Where she was she's like, jealous. She, she used to be the distraction, but like now, no one even knows her name. Um, Man, I just have to. You be, do. <laughs> I just have to wonder, like, at what point do Patrick Mahomes or or Andy Reid say, like, tra- like tra- you got to shut this thing down at least till the end of the season? Like, somebody's got to, right? I mean, it's, it's literally a the circus Browns over have there. a better record than us. Like, they have to be saying that in the locker room. We faced more adversity, but we've had less distractions this season somehow than the Chiefs. Right? Even more than Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid is not trying to get himself put into a Taylor Swift song. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
<laughs> he just wants his chicken nuggets, man. Uh, Do it again with the nuggets. nuggets. <laughs> uh, no, but speaking of this game, guys, speaking of this game, uh, they lost to the Raiders. So let's talk some playoff permutations here, right? Excellent. Uh, uh, l- l- let's get into the it. AFC West is heating up. Yeah, so th- the Chiefs, they have the Bengals and the Chargers left, right? The Raiders have the Colts and the Broncos left. I uh, don't know who the, the Broncos have. don't really care. But uh, the, the Raiders and Broncos are currently at 7-8, and eight, and the Chiefs are at 9-6. and six. Uh, If the Chiefs lose out, which, again, they have the Bengals and Chargers, which are both losable games, especially with the way they've been playing. Um, you, you, you know uh, Jake Brown is going to get more than 62 yards passing. So. True. Uh, and then the Chargers game against the Chiefs always seems to be a high-scoring close game. So if they lose out... And the Raiders or the Broncos would be in. One of those two teams would be in if they can win out. So um, what this all boils down to and why I got into this is because <clears throat> the Browns in week 17 are better positioned for the playoffs than the Kansas City Chiefs. Hell yes. Yeah. I mean, look, the AFC West is, is heating up, and there's some, a bunch of teams there that really aren't that good. When you think about the Chiefs and where they've been the last couple of years, and they've been darlings of the NFL and Super Bowl champions, and all of a sudden they look very mediocre, and they look like they may just as easily miss the playoffs and have the Raiders and the Broncos in. Yeah. It's just wild. Like We're better set up for the play. We have a better record than the Chiefs in Week 17. Yeah. I never Especially thought, I'd say that. if you would have said, if you would have talked about all the injuries the Browns had at the beginning of the year. Like you would, oh, there's yeah. no way you would have said that they would be better than the Chiefs right now. I mean, every quarterback we've played has gotten injured. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of playoff permutations, though, uh, the AFC South has a three-way tie for first place right now between the Jaguars, Colts, and Texans. Um, Kenny, just just talk about this a little bit because this is pretty wiggy. I know that I will say this before you get started. I know the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence is hurt. He just got uh, diagnosed with an AC joint sprain, so yep. he may be out multiple weeks. Uh, the Colts obviously have been without their starting quarterback. Have been rolling with Gardner Minshew. It was Gardner Minshew. I love Gardner Minshew, but he's so hot and cold. It's either really good or really bad. There's like no in between for Gardner Minshew. Um, and then the Texans. Uh, C.J. Stroud's been hurt, and he had a, a really bad concussion. Who knows when he's going to be back? Hopefully, it's this week. But that's not that's not a guaranteed thing. Um, and if he doesn't come back, they're pretty much ass as well. So. Yeah, I mean, people talk about the AFC North being the most competitive division in football, and it certainly it, it probably is the best division in football in terms of teams. But the AFC South, don't sleep on them. We have three teams that are 8-7. and seven. Um, and He's kind of outlined, you know, all these teams have their own struggles. I think personally, with the Colts having Jonathan Taylor come back from his, his thumb surgery or whatever he had, um, probably are poised to, to make, to the, sneak make in. a run here. Yep. Um, but the Jaguars do hold the tiebreaker as of right now and are in first place. So depending on how healthy Trevor Lawrence is and how his shoulder goes, who knows? Well, that's so crazy. Stroud, that's what I was going to say. If, if CJ Stroud comes back this week, I, I would say the Texans are the favorite. I've heard them say that his concussion was the highest graded or the worst graded concussion of any injury this year. Um, a head, head injury. Um, they were talking about his sensitivity to light. He couldn't like, be in a meeting room or outside uh, right now. So nope, I don't know good. whether he'll be back this week, next week, or, or at all this season. Um, but, I mean, that certainly would change things. I mean, if the, if the Browns had played the Texans with CJ Stroud, that game would not have been a blowout. 
No. Um, no. She just drowned. Would have taken great, a lot longer to put them away. Great That's for sure. Season. So, yeah, I just think this is a really interesting division to watch to see what happens. And, in fact, this, I mean, depending on what happens here, because these teams are all eight and seven, um, they're all going to end up in that mesh at the end of the season for a six and a seven seed in the wild card, um, which could impact where the Browns end up, if depending on whether we win out or not. Yep. Um, you know, whether you end up as a, a five seed or a seven seed. So, um, just a really interesting division to watch uh, because you also have the Bengals and Steelers in our division at eight and seven. Yep. So, I mean, all of a sudden, these last one or two playoff spots are <laughs> things are for, heating up, up down there grabs. for sure. Yeah. Uh, Bone, who are you like in the <clears throat> AFC South? I was I was thinking the Colts. I think I like the Colts. All right. Well, Gardner. I like Gardner. He, he, he'll bounce back. He said Jonathan Taylor will be back in the in the lineup. So. Jonathan Taylor's back this week. Yeah. Bone loves uh, his Gardner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> does Christy know? She doesn't know. She doesn't yeah. know. She never listens all the way through the podcast, so she won't be hearing this. We're, we're long-winded. Um, <laughs> speaking of the playoffs, though, the Lions and the Browns have 10 wins each in the same season for the first time in 70 years. Nice. Could this be the year, guys? Are we going to get it? Would people watch that Super Bowl if it was Lions versus Browns Lions? versus the Lions? Oh, yeah, it would absolutely. Just be the, the, the two cities would watch it, and it would be the most like insane thing for both of those cities. I would say this. I'm Because they both have really good fan bases, too, even though, even given their especially recently shitty history, <laughs> uh, I think it would be one of the most watched Super Bowls of all time. The storyline for the Browns with Flacco, I think, is just unbelievable. So yeah, I think you that's got that going for them. You got the the Lions have been like a Cinderella Ugh. story all year. Like so, everybody kind of expected them to be just like mediocre at and best. I think as and, good as the Browns have been and Kevin Stefanski has been, I think Dan Campbell probably ends up winning Coach of the Year because of yeah, because well, and and I think that it's when you're voting for that stuff, a lot of these voters don't pay as close attention as far as injuries and those <clears> types of things. So when they're looking at it, they're saying, well, before the season, a lot of people were actually picking Cleveland to win their division and, uh, or at least be competing for their division. They were expected to be somewhat, you know, like a pretty good team. Whereas the lions were, eh, they might be okay. <laughs> and I think honestly, I mean, you know where we all, we all know where this show stands. And even though we've given them shit throughout the season, uh, we all want and think Kevin Stefanski deserves it because of the injuries and because of everything they've overcome. I don't know how you can't look at the body of work and yeah. say, I mean, what a coaching job. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not going to. They're, they're going to look at preseason. Uh, nobody expected the Lions to do anything. The well, Browns were supposed to be good. And Kevin so. won before, too. So. Yeah, there's that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I hope it's a Browns-Lions Super Bowl. That would be fantastic. That would be cool. Um, next oh. up here, uh, uh, your boy, Baker Mayfield, uh, who we love to argue about. Has gotten the Buccaneers back over 500. Another clean game this week. Uh, this 26 of 35, 287, two touchdowns. Yep. Uh, you're saying that as not, I'm staring at your, is it, it, your Baker Bros flag across the <laughs> studio here. Uh, like I said, they're now 8-7. and seven. As you mentioned, Baker, you mentioned this last week, Baker's probably going to finish second and come back player of the year. Uh, he'll definitely lose to DeMar Hamlin. Well, actually, DeMar Hamlin died so that on the field. So. He didn't die. He did he, die. His heart stopped All right, beating. so he He's, technically he died. dead. Yeah. Okay. You're Fair. Fair. You know what's but, crazy is like think about the time Michael Thomas missed with his turf toe. Demar Hamlin, <laughs> Demar Hamlin died and came back faster than Michael Thomas from <laughs> turf toe. <laughs> that was pretty wild. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so so I just had to throw it out there. I'll give him some props. I you know I'm not the biggest Baker fan. I th- he's he's actually kept his mouth 
subdued this season too. And I think just the, playing football. I think what's really interesting is like what's going to happen with Baker. I think he's built himself a lot of good will down in Tampa Bay. I think they are still paying the piper for Tom Brady being there. Um, so they've been kind of they need they needed Baker. It was the right time to sign a quarterback they could get for whatever they paid him for six million this year. Um, but he's going to probably get himself some kind of contract next year, whether that's in Tampa Bay or somewhere else. Because they only signed him for two years, didn't they? They only signed him for the year. So he'll no, be. He's, he's like probably the prime free agent acquisition right now, um, depending on who wants him. But it'll be interesting to see if Tampa Bay tries to retain him. Um, and probably depends a lot on what they do, if they make the playoffs or not. But yep. uh, Closing out their trip around the NFL <clears throat> this week, we, there's like conspiracy story, theory out there. Um, have you guys heard this thing about uh, the last few Super Bowl logos, the colors match the teams that are in it, and the logos are re- revealed months and months ahead of time? Only when you brought it to me in pre-show. Yeah, so uh, Super Bowl 56 is when it started. Uh, so it's the last two, uh, and then they're, we'll see what happens this year. But, uh, Super Bowl 56, uh, the logo was orange and yellow, and it was the Bengals and the Rams. Uh, Super Bowl 57, it was green and red, and it was the Eagles and the Chiefs. This year, Super Bowl 58, uh, it is purple and red, and a good chance that the matchup ends up being the Ravens and the 49ers. So, I mean, I'm just saying, is is that a conspiracy? I, I guess we have to revisit this at the Super Bowl. We'll see. I think the 49ers are kind of ass now. Um, there is also, a, just to add something to this, um, there are some out there that, that are saying that uh, when it was originally of, was revealed, that logo had more of an orange tint to it rather than a red, and it was purple and orange. Um, and then as the season went on, uh, the NFL has changed it to purple and red. So I don't, I don't know if there's any validity to that part of it, but that's just what people <clears> are saying. Are there any NFL, NFC teams outside of the, like in the playoff picture that are purple? Minnesota? They're not in the playoff picture, though. Uh, hmm. Purple. I can think of one. Um, what is interesting just around the colors of this whole thing um, is that if you go back before 56, all these logos for the last 10 years before that were just silver. And so it's weird that the first two years that they did colors, it was... They did match the teams that played, and, <laughs> and all of a sudden, like, yeah, I guess those are the two favorites. So um, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see what happens. Uh, we've We've... We've had those conversations in the past about is there a script to the NFL because sometimes weird shit does. It's like a, it's like a well known fact now that they're an entertainment business and not a not a sports it's entity. Just so. like when wrestling came out, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I guess we'll see. We'll revisit. Put a bookmark in this one. We'll uh, we'll revisit this when Especially the Super Bowl Especially since you know, I mean, if the XFL starts to become part of the. Um, you know, kind of entry way or entry league into the NFL and they yep. eventually partnership. Yeah, you know. Who knows? Vincent Kennedy McMahon, he's a hell of a promoter. Yep. Uh, but that will conclude our trip around the NFL. <clears throat> Kenny, you want to talk to some fellow Browns super fans? I uh, sure as hell do. All right, so something that we started this year is our Browns, backer inter- Browns Backers interview series. Uh, what we wanted to do was highlight Browns Backers from around the country. Uh, these are all people that are diehard fans, belong to Browns Backers chapters in their respective communities. Uh, that part's obvious. You know, Browns fans are everywhere. We, we love all the Browns. Over. They're all over the place. All over the world. Yeah, uh, but we also wanted to highlight these, these people because what – most people, including a lot of Browns fans, don't know about the Browns backers. They do a lot of community service, a lot of charity work, um, you know, where they're located. So uh, with that, let's go ahead and get into the next interview in the series. Whoop, whoop. 
Riverside FM. All right, so our guest for the Brownsbackers interview series this week uh, is Bobby and Kevin from the Brownsbackers of North Jersey. Bobby, Kevin, thanks for joining us. How are you today? Great. Thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, very excited for this one. So, Yeah, no problem. No problem. I know everybody's time is valuable, so uh, thanks for taking some of yours, especially around the holidays, uh, uh, to chat with us. So before we get into you know some, some of the more exciting stuff, uh, just tell us a little bit, not that you guys aren't exciting, but tell us a little bit about your chapter um, and, and kind of what you guys have going on up there. Well, we originated in 1989. Um, we're actually the 186th chapter of the Brownsbackers. Um, nice. the, the chapter was founded by a Joanne Stonson back in 1989. She actually put a, a article in the local newspaper looking for Browns fans. Um, and they, the, the group actually started in uh, 1989. I became a member probably in 2000. 2006, 2004, 2005, right around there. Um, and then, of course, I introduced my son. My other son actually just started uh, following the Browns now, too. So he, he comes every week as well. Who was he uh, following he, before that? What's that? Who was he following before that? He wasn't following anybody. He wasn't really a sports fan. But now, you know, he gets into all the fantasy stuff now. So and he sees how much fun he sees how much fun we're having. So he 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 comes down with us now too. I was, was going to give him some shit, but then I realized he wasn't rooting for anybody, so it's okay. <laughs> so, uh, but he's having a blast now too. So, uh, but we 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 meet down at, in Rockaway, New Jersey, at the uh, little place called the Exchange. Um, we have our own room downstairs. It's actually a banquet hall, but uh, they actually put up uh, TVs for us. Um, bar. We, have, we bar. have our bar down there. They have a big uh, screen that comes down from the ceiling. Uh, nobody bothers us. We have our own entrance, own bathrooms. It's great, you know, and uh, we hoot and holler down there, and it's a great time. Nice. We really have a good time. Nice to have your own area, for sure. Yeah. And yeah, so, but like, uh, occasionally, occasionally they'll, they'll, they'll put a banquet down there. We'll have to go upstairs, and we're really not – people don't really get care. at us by other fans. Yeah, other fans. <laughs> For some reason, uh, when you're in another town, they don't like you cheering for somebody else. Huh? Um, it's funny how many of the, as we've gone through the series of the Brownsbeckers, how many of these um, chapters each started with just like a note in a local paper. I, I was going to say, this is the second <laughs> week in a row where it, that's how it started out. Uh, it's just like a couple people or one person put a put an ad in the paper and said, Browns fans want it. It's just funny to think about how times have changed. I mean, you think about like group networking today and, and how much different it is right. with social media. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but today, you, though, I'll they'd all be you. flaky and not show up. So, you know, but I can tell you when I wear brown stuff around, I get more comments from people wearing my brown stuff, you know, and it's just easy. You know, you just tell them about the club and sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't. But the best part is, man, just seeing all the people walk into the bar and they're like, where the hell are all these brown things come from? <laughs> yeah. Breaking <laughs> so everyone's face and then like just. Like, They're like, I right thought we were in North Jersey. Well, <laughs> yeah. did, we, did we take a wrong turn? We end up in Cleveland? Um, no, but so uh, part of the reason we're doing this uh, interview series is because uh, we want to highlight, obviously, uh, you know, you guys are a Brownsbackers chapter in North Jersey. There's Brownsbackers chapters all over the country and all over the world. 
Um, and we all know that Browns fans are everywhere. Um, but part of what we wanted to do here was highlight uh, some of the things, some of the good things around your community that you're able to do uh, being a Browns backers chapter, be it uh, community service, charity work, whatever that may be. So can you tell us a little bit what you guys have going on in your chapter? Yeah, so we, we do a, we do a bunch of raffles, um, but we, we, do, we, we do a lot of donations. We, we're, we're really big into charity. Um, one of the things we do is uh, the Tunnels to Towers Foundation. That's usually the first week, first game of the year, obviously, because it usually falls around 9-11. And obviously, this area here, you know, a lot of people were affected by 9-11. So we have fr- actually a couple of members who actually work for Annan Flags, which is a large ma- flag manufacturer. They donate some flags to us, which we raffle off, and we just we send the money to the Tunnels to Towers Foundation. Um, my dad and Kevin's grandfather passed away from Alzheimer's back in 2018, so we do a big Alzheimer's uh, fundraiser. We do the walk uh, last year, or well, this past fall, we raised over six thousand dollars, almost seven thousand nice. dollars for wow. that. Um, I have a relative who was a really good athlete. Um, and he developed a, a brain tumor, which kind of affected his whole, you know, so we donate to the Children's uh, Brain Tumor Foundation here in North Jersey. Um, we also donate food to the Interfaith Food Pantry. Um, I started a couple of years ago, I started a, a twice a year, we do a raffle for a jersey, jersey of your choice. So basically people pay 10 bucks to enter. And then if you bring food in, I'll give you more tickets for the, for the Jersey. So then every week I go to the food pantry and I bring, we've donated about 800, 800 pounds of food so far this year. Wow. Um, and then we also donate to the uh, North star pet rescue, which is a local uh, pet adoption and pet rescue uh, place up here as well. Right. Yeah. There's a ton of things there. Well, yeah, think- a lot of great causes there. <laughs> So and then you know and then if people from our our, our group want to you know have an idea about donating somewhere and then we'll we'll accept that idea too you know we've donated to then we do like a we did like a a March Madness pool and we donated yeah, to yeah. St. Jude's Kevin won that pool so he right. donated we did to half to St. Jude's and half I think, was it? Hmm. yeah uh, everything went to St. Jude's. And, and so, um, you know, obviously you guys, like Kenny said, you guys have a lot of, a lot of good things going on there. You're donating to a lot of good causes. Um, and so with that, I mean, is there any special events that you guys have coming up that you're hosting, uh, be it now in these next couple of weeks during the playoffs or in the off season? Well, what we, we usually do, we, we usually meet for the draft, obviously. And then now I'm starting to slowly try to get a, uh, golf outing going we're like approaching i don't know if you can see the the belt in the back yeah oh, yep. but that's, right the, that's the belt for the champions because we won this past year nice um it's kiddingly called the angry bobby open because <laughs> they call me angry because i'm usually angry yelling at the TV or something you don't seem on. so angry watch me watch the game so uh, they call me angry bobby so that's the name of the golf outing it's called the angry bobby open and we any money we raise from that's also go to the same charities I just mentioned before. You can't hear it right now, but our board man is in the background <laughs> just just laughing. <laughs> what the what, what golf course do you guys do that at? Do you do you rotate every year? Do you have a specific yeah. course you go to? There's a, there's a local course up here, um, Berkshire Valley. Give him a little plug. Yeah. Um, good course, good course. Yeah, it's a really tough course. 
Nice. nice. So Ronnie and I both have a golf background, so we're always interested to hear where yeah, you guys little, are playing. Yeah, little known fact, you're talking to a couple of golf instructors. Not not the greatest golfers ourselves. <laughs> uh, we won't, you know, but, but well, we you can guys teach want to come, You want to come out June 7th? Come on out. Oh man, June seventh. We got to pencil that in right after the Browns fan cruise. So. Yeah, yeah, we'll be there. Yeah. Don't tempt us with a good time. Yeah, um, but no. With all that being said, I mean, let's get on to uh, the football side of things. I mean, we all love talking football. So, uh, what are your guys' thoughts uh, about the game this past week against the Texans? Well, it was a nice, relaxing game. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, it was kind of a little scary, but thankfully they pulled it out. Yeah, when they took when he took the starters out, got a little worried. But then when we put him back in, we were all rooting. We I wanted Cooper to get the, the record. I mean, yeah, I saw him there pleading on the sideline, you know, to get in. And when the Texans finally scored a couple touchdowns, you know, he was able to get back in there. You think the defense not, just gave him up because they said, "Yeah, we got to get him back in." Yeah. <laughs> I'm not too happy about the injuries to uh, to Hopkins and uh, our punter, but. You know, it's everything's happened this whole season. Somebody next next guy stepped next up. Next man so. up. Next man up. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Isn't isn't it just the most bizarre Brown season that you can remember? I mean, with all the adversity and injuries, but this team just continues to win. Like it, it just feels it's like I'm in a parallel universe. Opposite <laughs> of what typically right. would happen to a Browns team. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's exactly. a mentality, though. So. Yeah, I mean, it really is, and it's it, like you just said, next man up, and everybody seems to be stepping up and in. Uh, you know, we, we've given uh, Kevin Stefanski a hard time in the past, but it seems like this team has really, uh, you know, kind of rallied around him and, and bought in and, and uh, you know, he's him and Jim Schwartz and everybody else on that coaching staff have them all playing for each other. And it's it's fascinating to see. So um, so how do you guys I mean, with that being said, uh, you guys mentioned the injuries. So how do you think they've dealt uh We've talked about it a little bit already, but how do you think they've dealt with the injuries, and do you think they can sustain much more of that? <laughs> so far, so good. I mean, I mean, who who would have thought Flacco would be coming in here? <laughs> I, I have uh, I've buddies that are Jets fans, and when they sign Flacco, they're like, "Oh, good luck with them." I'm like, "Okay, wait till old Flacco comes back and see what happens." Four games later, and 1,300 yards, and you're like, "Feels pretty good." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I must admit, though, in that Bears game. You know, I kind of like, oh, here we go. When he threw the interceptions and then he bounced back and it's just it's that old savvy veteran. Just you shake know? your head like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. You know, yeah. just <laughs> it has been it has been wild. And I don't think anybody at the beginning of the season, if you if if you had your your bingo card, uh, uh, Joe Flacco is going to be the starting quarterback for the Browns, the Browns and he's going to dominate. <laughs> Uh, nobody would have had either. Here we go. Angry Bobby's going to come out. Uh, no, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think what, what it boils down to is, uh, was it Bill Callahan is just yeah. such a good offensive line coach. It seems like no matter who they get, um, you know, they plug them in and it might be a little shaky or a little rocky the first little bit, but then it's like, it's like you didn't even know. Well, it seems like no other no other right. position group embodies next man up quite like that offensive line group does. No, I, they've had. I mean, we're down to what one single or maybe maybe two now. But uh, at well, one point, it was a single starter, starter left. Yeah. So it was the Bears game. It was like four. We had four different combinations of offensive line yeah. in there. So but it was nice to see Luke Whippler in there. You know, he's, yeah, a, he's a North Jersey, Jersey boy. boy. North Jersey boys. So. Yeah, he was hurt he was most of the beginning of the season, wasn't he? 
Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously it was a backup too, but he was hurt most of the beginning of the season. But yeah, I mean, they, they keep stepping up and it's been, it's been great to see. And, and obviously at all the other positions as well. Um, I think the only, only one that I would argue nobody's really stepped up is running back. And for some reason, we still keep winning despite not having a good running game. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one thing we got to get going is that running game. Yep. Um, you have to go cut up the field is the only thing that's yeah just make a decision and go that's all you yeah. uh and, and and i think we're a little spoiled because nick chubb is the absolute best at that in the world so it is right. it is sad not having nick chubb this year i yeah. mean just thinking about the success the team is having and, and the the what he means to the city and to the team to have him not there it still stings i'm sure it's hurting him too why so good and have him on the sideline now it's just hurts Yep. Um, and so let's let's uh, look to this week. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Week 17 matchup with the goddamn Jets? <laughs> well, I just before we got on this uh, call, I just saw that Zach Wilson is definitely out this week. Trevor oh, Simeon. Man. So we got Trevor Simeon. So I guess that's we bad for the- us because Zach Wilson's probably worse. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were at the game in 2019 when Trevor Simeon played. Um, and that's when Miles Garrett knocked him out, like on the third play of the game. <laughs> yeah, and I don't even remember who the backup was. I don't even know who that. The, uh, it was uh, Luke Folk or something like that. No, it was, a, it was like the long last name. Like I don't even. But I don't even know who. I don't even know who the third string quarterback is for the Jets. To be honest with you. Well, if they would so, give Miles Garrett a hold call and he knocks him out again this oh. week, he's uh, uh, you know. We might run into the same situation because nobody knows who Trevor Simeon's backup is. If uh, if Zach Wilson, that's when everybody comes out is when Miles Garrett doesn't get his old calls, man. <laughs> oh, it's been terrible. It's been absolutely awful. Um, what what are you guys hearing on the ground there uh, in in Jersey about just the Jets in general? I mean, it's kind of been it's kind of been a season a little bit mirroring the Browns. They've had a lot of injuries, questions at quarterback, but they've still won some games out there. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they had a big win this past week. I mean, it was the Commanders, but um, we, we saw the score on the side, you know, they're up, we're like, oh my God, the Jets are up by 20 because they don't really score. I don't think they've ever scored it like in the first quarter. I think their defense was holding off. And that's like the one thing I'm a little nervous about is Thursday's that defense. defense they're de- they have a good defense. The defensive line, you know, they got Sauce Gardner also in the That's a cornerback. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying oh. that as a cornerback, you know, they got him. Don't make Angry Bobby so come good, out. <laughs> Yeah, they got a good defense. They got a good defense. Um, offense, you know, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I'm always afraid of him. Um, and Brees Hall. I mean, we get our, you got to get our D lines blocking that run. Yeah, seems like anytime a running back just always our top run defense goes away when we go against some mediocre running backs. So. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's it, it is weird. It's like when you when we play the nobodies, that's the games that it seems like they rush for 180 yards, and you're like, exactly. where'd this come from? Right. Um, but no. So I mean, uh, obviously, you know, the Jets are out of playoff contention. Have been for a couple weeks. Uh, Aaron Rodgers decided not to come back this week or this this season because of that. Um, but what are I mean? What are you guys hearing? I'm just curious. Uh, locally, is or do the Jets fans still think that Aaron Rodgers is like the savior and they're going to win the Super Bowl next year? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> we got plenty, plenty of people around here. Plenty yeah. of people that yeah. I just they're, don't they're, understand. They were, they were hoping he'd come back this year. I think. Um, well, but. the mill funner Zach Wilson ruined that. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I mean. Yeah, I, I would say that they're crazy, um, and I, I think I actually just did. But uh, at the same time, we've got 38-year-old Flacco that's out here about to take us to a Super Bowl. So I guess, you know, crazier things have happened. But 
Uh, yeah, I just I just didn't know with the injury, and I mean, that, he's what's what's Aaron Rodgers gonna be thirty nine forty when he comes back from uh, yeah. uh, uh from popped Achilles. So be, I think it'd be close to forty, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, he bought a house here. I mean, him and uh, him and Tommy DeVito live in the same town. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. They going out for that's actually together. actually that's actually where David Njoku is from too, the same town. Oh wow. Is Cedar Grove. Everybody's from up there. Is Tommy DeVito the biggest story in like the New York area right now? Once, once Aaron Rodgers went down, and then a couple weeks later, the Tommy DeVito stepped up. They're like, "Oh, new savior for either New York team." So definitely <laughs> taking the paper front page with paper stuff. Man, but uh, th- this headline in the New York Post today was uh, fried cutlets. Uh, that's, what, that's what mine was making this week. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he got pulled from the game. So yeah. Um, yeah, well, he was he was pretty bad in the first half, wasn't he? It, yeah. was, it was rough. Yeah, then our old buddy Tyrod Taylor came in. Yep. Um, so what are they saying uh, uh, locally where you guys are at, uh, if anything, about the Browns? I mean, are they looking at this game as just – are they chalking up an L or are they thinking they're going to they're gonna be able to pull one out? You can pull the old stats now. Yeah, I don't – you know, again, the, the, the big – like I get, I get the paper every day. I'm, I'm one of the very few guys still reads the newspaper. I still go to the store and get the newspaper and read it. And I get the New York Post. And you're the only guy you know, I know. <laughs> I said you're the only guy I know that reads the paper. <laughs> so, uh, and I, I get made fun of that, but too. Um, but today, you know, the story was about Joe Flacco, you know, because he was on the Jets and the old man Flacco coming back, you know. And but they they don't think the Jets are going to beat the Browns. I mean, look at the line already went up; it was like five and a half. Now it's seven. So yeah. we'll see. I mean, I I got a little I'm a little confident this week. Which is probably not. It's not a good thing. That means we're gonna. That's usually when bad things happen for the Browns. But these are a different. This this is a different Browns team. You should have heard us before the Jets game last year. We were pretty confident. Oh man, yeah. If you if you want to get you want some entertaining uh, content, just uh, go back and listen to our uh, Jets preview last year. And uh, yeah, we showed up the next week with bags on our heads. So it was my fault because I tell you what, what we do here, we have fun. We have a, a a poop head emoji. Okay. Yeah, like club, a hat. At our club. And yeah. If anyone makes a stupid comment, like, oh, this game is over or whatever, I put it on their head. Like, just <laughs> shut up. Don't say anything. It was well, last year. Last year at the Jet game, there was a Jet fan there. Yeah, it was our, our friend. buddy came. And I went up to him, like, dude, you gave us a great game. After Chubb scored, I said, you gave us a great game. Like, and then we were about to line up the shots, do the shots, and that was it. Forget it. My buddy was like, I don't know how to react right now. I'm just going to keep quiet. I'm going to possibly curl up on the ball and celebrate under the table or something like that. But he's like, I have no idea how to react. It's a good choice. Just when, when in doubt around a bunch of angry Browns fans, just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> um, no, so with this game, though, uh, do you guys have predictions for us? I, I want to score a prediction out of both of you. I'll go first. I'm saying Browns 31, Jets 13. Ooh, nice. I like that. Oh, I'll go I'll go a little under that. I'll go 28 to 10. So. Oh, nice. I like it going away. Nice. Yep. Um, I'm a, one more prediction. I'm going to say one, uh, one defensive <laughs> touchdown, hopefully. What? Oh, that's bold. Uh, you think uh, Miles Garrett gets any holding calls? He will get at least one. He <laughs> has to. One. Has okay. to. You can't, you can't keep going about without getting no holding calls. Well, the, the worst part to me, and we've talked about it on the show, is is that now it's like NFL Network, ESPN. Like, everybody is sitting here and blowing up these clips of him just getting, like, 
wrapped around the neck and thrown on the ground. And they're it's ridiculous like, how can see. you not call this? I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, the other day they showed a replay of Michael Gunn. Like his hands were like this and just grabbing onto his shirt a little bit. And he got called for a flag. I'm like, and Miles Garrett doesn't get called. Right. Yep. Yep. Holding calls against them. Yeah, it is getting ridiculous. So hopefully that gets turned around. I like the score predictions. Um, uh, quick question: I, I we usually cover this when we're in the album, but I, did, we, did we ask where you guys are? You guys have always been in in Jersey, or were you at one point in Cleveland? No, nah, we're Jersey. I'm Jersey born. Like I said, I went. I went to. Uh, I went to Mount Union in the late '80s. Um, there was no direct TV back then. Obviously, I, I mean, I, my dad brought me up as a Giant fan. Giant tickets were very hard to get back in the day. Um, and then when I went out, when I went out to school, you're in our fraternity house, watching the Browns every week. That's what I was always on was the Browns. So I watched the Browns. I would go to the stadium every once in a while. I saw Bernie's Kosar's first game. Nice. Uh, I played and I just fell in love with the whole atmosphere. And it was just, that's how we became a Browns fan. I mean, just the whole, I, it was the whole fandom, you know, and just the team itself yeah. back in those days that they were awesome. You know, oh, Bernie yeah. Kosar. So you, you saw Bernie Kosar's first game and his, his skills diminish. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Kevin, were you born into this is what I'm assuming? Yeah, I was born into this, but I wouldn't trade it for the world, man. Like, I, I mean, obviously growing up a Browns fan, it was very tough. I would carry around a little Browns backpack. <laughs> have my, I had my Brady Quinn jersey on. I had a Derek Anderson jersey. I mean, I will be like, what is wrong with you? I Coming home from school. The in high school. Oh, my gosh. It was terrible. But I. I wouldn't trade it for the world now. So coming home from school with a black eye every other day, and your dad's like, "What happened this <laughs> yeah, time?" Yeah, my dad's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Hey, you, you, you made this happen to me, so it's not my fault that I'm a brown." <laughs> yep, yep. I right, well, Kevin's, Kevin's first game actually it was in Cleveland against the Jets. Against the Jets it was a barn burner, ten seven. Ooh, wow. nice. In two thousand. From that point on, Kevin was in love. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Look, everybody's got a story, and, and those are those are some good ones. Um, I, I especially like uh, Bobby that you fell in love with the Browns uh, going to Mount Union. Um, obviously, soft spot for me there. Uh, also, having gone to Mount Union, so. Um, but now, before we get going here, guys, I do want to mention that we are brought to you by who, Kenny? Seaside Events, as the official cruise event provider of the Cleveland Browns and organizer of the Browns Fan Cruise. And so with that in mind, uh, I do, did just want to mention that they ran a competition this year for Browns backers. Um, basically, the chapter with the most bookings was able to win free tickets uh, for some of their members to the Browns fan cruise. Uh, the Browns backers of Pinellas uh, won that. Um, however, that we still want to say, you know, obviously, uh, with us being a partner of Seaside Events, uh, we will be emceeing several events aboard the ship. There will be 17 alumni joining the cruise uh, that fans will get to mingle with like they're normal people. Uh, and so for anyone that hasn't booked yet, please do so because it's going to be a really fun time in March of 2024. Absolutely. Tickets still available. Cabin's still available. And uh, it's going to be uh, one hell of a cruise. Yep. And then uh, one final thing for us, uh, we'd like to mention uh, uh, Bobby and Kevin and to, to uh, you know, everybody that's in your chapter or anybody else listening, we do have our hot take hotline. Um, and what that is, it's a voicemail that we set up for Browns fans to call in and vent to. Um, it could be happy, it could be mad, it could be sad, it could be all of the above in one single voicemail. <laughs> um, but just call us and talk to us and let us know how you're feeling on the Browns. But 
uh, we take the best ones, we put them on air, and then we'll comment on them and, and see how it goes. So uh, the number for that, Kenny? 330-227-8080. We'll throw it on the screen here as well. So anybody watching the video pod has that also. But that, again, it's... And then uh, last thing for, for you guys, uh, and this is for both of you, is there anything that you want to say to Cleveland fans uh, that have maybe moved away from Northeast Ohio um, and are missing their fellow Browns fans or just kind of grew up somewhere else and, and happen to fall into being a Browns fan um, and they're looking for somewhere to join some camaraderie um, and they're thinking about joining a Browns backers chapter. You got anything to say to those people? Yeah. If you, if you can, if you, if you need a group of, of people to watch a game with, join the Browns backers. I mean, we, we have so much fun. The, the people in our club I've made, they're some of my best friends now. I mean, I've been with these guys for 10, 12 years. They watched me grow up also. Yeah, so. they, they, they've seen Kevin since he's been, you know, five years old. And now he's, you know, he's 21. So they're his friends now too. It's, it's so cool, you know, to see we all hang out together. We have, you know, we have picnics in the summertime. Everybody comes over. We have group chats. We're always, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. So I would, I would advise trying to join a Browns backers group somewhere. To the younger fans, if you want to be best friends with a bunch of middle-aged men at Browns fans, <laughs> also do it. Well, that's why I got him. He's tra- I'm trying to get the influx of the younger fans coming sure. to the group. Yeah, hey, these old, these 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 generations ahead of us have the best stories, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I know yeah, um, they got the winning stories too. So exactly, all I got is the losing stories. Exactly, good, but you do got a backfield, though, right? We got to keep these chapters alive and, and vibrant for the yeah, next generation. Yeah, that's, well, you know, we, that's one thing about our group too is we have we have a bunch of families that come, you know, and, it, and it's great, you know. We they pulled a lot. They pulled the raffle tickets for us, you know, and it's it's we try to make it a lot of fun. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and we really appreciate everything that not only you but all the Browns backers groups out there do for the Cleveland Browns, um, and just to showcase, you know, what a great fan base that Cleveland has here. I know a lot of people like to run Cleveland down, and uh, there's one thing you can never take away from us, and it's that our fans are better than anybody else's, and I I oh. would put that up against anything. So for sure. Um, but yeah, with that, I mean, we, we really appreciate you guys having us. It's been awesome. Uh, hopefully we can get up there to North Jersey and, and see you guys in person sometime soon. The golf, the, the the golf, golf man. Golf, man. Golf. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you have the bell in the middle of the decks now. <laughs> oh man. We, that would be, I think we might have to make a trip. No, <laughs> again, guys, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate yeah. it. Thanks guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Bob. This is Kevin. We're from the Browns Backers in North Jersey. And you're listening to the Burning River Sportscast. Go Browns! Man, uh, good time talking to Bobby and Kevin there, huh? Um, yeah, I mean, they're in an interesting spot, too, because they have uh, in Jersey, you got Giants. They got so Jets many teams around and, them that um, aren't the Browns. And just a lot going on because you're near New York in general. So, yeah. uh, But, no, I think it's really interesting that they've 
they they have a ton of charities that they work with. They, we've we've they had got a lot going not, on. Not to say anything bad about any other Browns backers, but I know we've we've seen other chapters that have struggled to try and get different things going because they're just not in a Browns friendly town, so it's yeah. harder for their chapter to raise money. But um, they don't seem to have that problem there. They have all kinds nope. of charities and been raising buttloads of money for them. Well, so like you said, he, he wears his Brown stuff around and he gets he, he people say something to him all the time. So uh, apparently and, there's and maybe that's, I guess there. maybe that's uh, just a byproduct of like New York being so big. There's just lots of people. So, yeah. but good on them. They've done a ton of good things there. And, um, you know, fun, fun to talk to those guys. Hopefully we make it out to their golf outing next year. That'll be fun. That'd be dope. ass. go out there, dominate, come back that's with right. the belt. That's right. Uh, uh, <laughs> put, no, the, put the belt there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Suck it. Suck it. Come uh, back. Uh, no, uh, but that'll take us to the burning river sportscast. Hot take Right. Don't forget to call and leave your hot takes on. Hot, hot takes. Hot take hot hot take Remember, these are hot takes. The hottest takes. We, we want hot takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. 330 227 8080. 330 227 8080. 330 227 8080. Against the Jets. The goddamn Jets. Towpath Distillery. Towpath Distillery, an award winning craft distillery located in Akron, Ohio. Towpath Distillery fo- focuses on high quality spirits carefully made in small batches. Towpath's lineup includes an ultra smooth, award winning premium vodka. A small batch silver rum made from the highest grade molasses. An American craft gin made with nine botanicals. And a blended straight bourbon made from corn and rye. Towpath Distillery, now available locally and in 46 states. Visit towpath-distillery.com to place your order online or find an OHLQ retailer near you. Towpath Distillery, handcrafted, award-winning, small batch, local, and family-owned. All Cleveland Coffee. All Cleveland Coffee is a coffee company that launched earlier this year in Cleveland, as the name would suggest. Founded by Browns legend and Hall of Famer Joe Thomas and six-time heavyweight champion of the world in the UFC, Stipe Miocic, along with a team of several other brilliant Clevelanders. All Cleveland Coffee is on a mission to give one million meals back to the community through an official partnership with the Greater Cleveland Food Bank. How will they do this, you ask? Well, with every bag of beans purchased, three meals get donated to the food bank. It's such an awesome idea. A bunch of great individuals were involved, and the result is the best coffee in Cleveland, bar none. It comes in three roasts, light, medium, and dark. The dark is what Joe Thomas enjoys every day. I, myself, and my co-host here, Kenny, are medium roast guys. All Cleveland Coffee. Visit all-cleveland.com today to order your coffee and donate a few meals in the process. All Cleveland Coffee. Ethically sourced, premium roasted, and three meals donated for every bag purchased. All right, so usually uh, we do a, a a Cleveland Browns fan cruise alumni interview here. Uh, we don't today. have one today uh, due to scheduling conflicts. We're still t- trying to wrangle the last couple interviews we have for this series. Um, but I will say, go back and check out some of the past interviews. There's a lot of good ones in there. There's a lot of good stories from these alumni. Sure. Um, 
And it's just a taste, just a taste of the stories you're going to get on the fan cruise in March of 2024. I've gone back just recently, just so with some of the work I've been doing and have watched bits and pieces of them because I've had to pull for other projects and things. And some of these stories, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just dying laughing. Yeah, they were uh, good. They've had some, some really great, well, I mean, these guys have been so We're generous. lucky enough, too. We hear the behind the scenes and the stuff that people will get to hear, like, on the fan cruise. Oh, and true. And so, like, even the stuff that didn't make the actual interview right. that we know is going to come out later to everybody else. I mean, you guys are in for a treat. Like it's it's pretty phenomenal, uh, and I've I've laughed harder off air than I have on air, which was pretty hard and in some of these. These, these guys have just been so generous with their time and open in in telling these stories. Oh yeah, I but, mean, most of the time we tell them it's going to take fifteen to twenty minutes, and we're talking to them for an hour. So uh, yeah, <laughs> so um, you know, if you haven't yet, go check out some of these interviews. They're uh, a really good listen, whether you're in the car or on the way to work, whatever. Um, check them out; they're good stuff. Yep. And if you haven't bought your tickets to the Clean Browns Fan Cruise yet, you're wrong. Do it now. Cabins. Hear us MC a bunch of events, including the opening day and closing day pool parties. That's going to be a lot of fun. Heaven's still available. Yes. That'll take us to the Week 17 Preview. <laughs> Fellas, this week we got the goddamn Jets. We're gonna destroy them. Fellas, this week we got the goddamn Jets. Oh, Guys, this week we've got the goddamn Jets. This whole thing's just going in now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, so Kenny, you got any matchups uh, or matchup previews or opposition research you want to share before I get into my matchups that I want to highlight? Um, yes, I actually do have one or two quick things that I wanted to mention. I mean, the first thing is the big news today was Zach Wilson is out. Um, so Trevor Simeon will start again for the goddamn Jets. Nice. Um, it's, it's actually probably bad for us, but... Yeah, look, I think uh, you know we talked to our Browns Packers friends there in Jersey, and um, this team in a lot of ways kind of looks like the Browns in just terms of like they've been beat up with injuries, but they've overachieved uh, to some extent um, given the fact that they've had a bunch of backups playing, especially uh, at the quarterback position uh, where they just have been kind of fluid all year long, and Zach Wilson's played a lot, um, and they just haven't been that good. Um, so the first thing that I would – um, bring up is just that this team is in terms of um, offense dead last in the NFL, 32 out of 32. Oh, yeah, that's bad. Um, so I think it's one of those days where the defense could could eat. Uh, but that being said, they are third in the NFL uh, in opponent yards per play. Yeah. So, um, you know, the offense is going to have – Opponent yards per game too. Yeah, they're going to have their work cut out for them. Um just in terms of getting things done on offense. But I think that's that's kind of the paradigm, right? You have an offense that is underachieving with a backup quarterback. Um, the defense on our side should play really well, but the offense has to bring it this week because this yeah. defense is no joke over in New York. And and look, we took New York lightly last year, and we were, that's like if this show was big, that would be the thing that we're known for. Yeah, here's over <laughs> or or our our over. Um, estimating the Browns' ability to win that game. Yeah, and, here's and my advice for the losing. Browns this year. You get up, don't take your foot off the gas. No. Um, but, yeah, so I obviously I have I, – I always highlight two matchups each week, right? So uh, this week we got – we'll start with Miles Garrett versus Trevor <coughs> Simeon. Um, look, Trevor Simeon, he's ass. Ass. Uh, and basically what we're looking for here is can Garrett get some calls? 
can he get home? Uh, because I know I said it last week, uh, but it's kind of rinse and repeat here. He's got a chance for a massive game, like three to four sacks massive game, um, just with with the state of the offense for the Jets. Uh, and it, it's time. Like, you, you don't have any more time in the season to make your case for defense player of the year. You're kind of out of the conversation at this point. You're like very fringe talks of defensive player of the year just because you happen to play for the best defense in the league right now. When well, he has um, had a sack drought. Right. You know, that's what I was, that, that's what I was getting games. to. It's been like four weeks since you had a sack. So nobody's talking about you, but one game with like three to four sacks and <laughs> all of a sudden everybody's talking about you again. So yeah. um, it's time. <laughs> There's no more time to wait. So uh, we'll see what Miles Garrett does here. Uh, and then next up for my matchups is Joe Flacco versus the Jets secondary. Uh, we've been winning on the strength of Joe Flacco's arm for a few weeks now. Uh, the Jets are only giving up 168.6 pass yards per game, which is just behind the Browns' pass defense. Um, Browns are number one. Jets are number two. Uh, so does does Joe Flacco care that they're number two? Hell no. Uh, will it stop him from revenge against his old team? I know he kind of played that off like, yeah, it's nothing. But, uh, I mean, they kind of ran him out of out of New York with the Jets. Everybody just talked about how ass he was. And when you think about the other quarterbacks that are there, it's like, yeah. man, how bad could he have been? Yep. Uh, and then, uh, <clears throat> I mean, can they cool off Cool Joe? I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, nobody can suck off Cool Joe. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, nobody can cool off. And, I mean, is I think he's just going to continue his dominance at the age of 38. Just keep shitting on everyone. Yeah, he's the ageless wonder. Uh, I think, I think this week Joe Flacco cooks the sauce. You think Sauce Gardner's going to get it? Yeah, he's going to get it. Okay, I'm yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Uh, sauce needs cooked. Yeah, <laughs> but as a team, the Jets no one are, likes cold sauce. <laughs> no, it's the worst sauce. Uh, the Jets are six and nine, coming off a close win against the Washington Commanders. Uh, although I don't even say this is a good win because at one point they were up like twenty to nothing. They only ended up winning thirty to twenty-eight. Uh, almost lost it. Uh, their defense, as you mentioned, does rank third in the league in terms of yards per game and apparently yards per play. Uh, they have played well against the pass. However, they've played very poorly against the run. Uh, they have the worst offense in the league statistically by far. Uh, the team's just really bad, and they got an ass quarterback. Uh, oh, and they're playing in Cleveland where the Browns are 7-1 and one this season. So the Browns should roll in this one and clinch a playoff spot. Uh Maybe even rest their starters the last week if it doesn't matter. <laughs> Should we go to this game? I would love like, to go to this game, but I think we Brian both River know that. Cast? I think we both know that we have too much going on in our personal. We could lives. probably get tickets though. We probably could. You you look into that. It's one thing we haven't done yet on the show. Which might yeah. be fun. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, Kenny, what do you got for the injury report this week? Injury report. Uh, okay. Uh, Jets. Uh, we already talked about Zach Wilson, the MILF hunter. He is out looking on the hunt for MILFs. Um, also this <laughs> week, <laughs> also this week, uh, Israel Abani Kanda, running back, questionable uh, with uh, an ankle, was limited this week at practice. Um, place kicker, place kicker, kicker, 
questionable. Greg Zerline, um, apparently he's dealing with some quadricep soreness coming out of the win against Commanders on Sunday um, and is uncertain for Thursday's game against the Browns. Um, and then finally, Dwayne Brown is the most recent questionable offensive tackle. Um, they had a couple of guys out um, on injured reserve before that. Um Let's see. Oh, the only other one that's recent is Jeremy Ruckert has a concussion, so he won't be available for the game. He's out, out. But uh, outside of that, they do have a, a whole mess of guys um, that have missed basically the entire year. Um, Corey Davis, uh, Connor McGovern, Perry and Winfrey, our old friend, C.J. Uzama, uh, Zaire Barnes, Quentin Jefferson, Aaron Rodgers, to name a few. Um, so beat up, uh, a lot like this Browns team, um, but not nearly as bad. Nobody does injuries better than the 2023 Browns. No, and speaking of, um, we got some, some – oh, great, what happened there? We got some new ones to the list. Um, obviously, we talked about Dustin Hopkins. Um, who knows how long he'll be out with the hamstring, hopefully not too, too long. Um, I thought it was uh, – what do they have him listed as right now, questionable? He is listed as out. Out. Um, he's considered week to week, but oh, won't be okay. available to play Thursday. Um, so he's out this week. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, questionable with a knee. Kareem Hunt, questionable. Um, listed as a limited participant in practice this week. Bajorquez, the punter, uh, listed as questionable with a quad. Um, DTR, we talked briefly about. Hit the injured reserve today with a hip injury. So he is done for the year. Browns have made the corresponding move to bring P.J. Walker back onto the practice squad. Yay. I'm sure they're going to have to elevate him before the game Fucking Thursday. yay. Um, Anthony Walker, questionable. Uh, Agbo Akinronko. This is an interesting one listed as questionable, but it is um, been reported, um, I believe, by Mary Kay as a torn pectoral. Um, but How do you even play with that? I don't know. Like well, the 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 story was like they're waiting on him to be moved to IR because he's a torn pec. But he's like, I think I can play. So they're trying to find a doctor that will clear him to play. Um, so he's officially listed as questionable, but he has a torn pec. <laughs> so I don't know how he's going to play through a torn pec? But um, that's wild. how many guys can we possibly have an injury reserve? Jesus uh, Christ! And then Jordan Kanachik, uh questionable as well. Juan Thornhill still listed as questionable uh, with the calf, and uh, Martin Emerson listed as questionable. Did not practice on Monday this week. Um, and then our entire offensive line: Wyatt Teller, Ethan Pochick, Joel Baltonio, and <laughs> Christian are all listed as questionable. As well, heading into this week, so that We're, is that scariest is one, environment imaginable. That's that all you had to say. Scariest <laughs> environment imaginable. That is one healthy lineman on your on your offensive line. James Hudson is the only one not with an injury designation. You know what's wild is I've week. I've used that line from Armageddon <clears throat> at least six times this year for you explaining the the uh, injury report for the Browns, and it keeps getting worse. I mean, this thing is bad. So, like, it's the scariest imi- environment imaginable, but then it just gets scarier. It's yeah, not good, not good at all. Um, Bone, any words on this? It's uh, a lot of hurt Browns, but for some reason they just keep winning. We'll keep think, on keeping on. I think the biggest thing outside of like the kicking specialist being out is the fact that Anthony Walker is questionable, and so Jordan Kanachik, uh, because that means you're going to see either Taki Taki playing more middle linebacker this week. He played again, well this past week, uh, but you may end up seeing Tony Fields and Mohamed Diabati getting some playing time. So Ooh, uh, I think both of those guys have played well this year, but they're yeah. also both young and not starters. So yeah. um, Fair. who knows what you're going to get from those guys. Yep. So uh, with that, uh, one more thing before we get into King of the North. Uh, player to watch this week. I will start this week, guys. <clears throat> uh, my player to watch this week is Cedric Tillman. 
Uh, Amari Cooper is coming off that big game. Uh, Sauce Gardner, who we all know is very good, will be on him the entire game. Although I do think Joe Flacco cooks the sauce. Um, I think someone else will also have to step up for Joe Flacco this week. And outside of Njoku, I think that Tillman has the best opportunity to do that. So uh, I like Tillman. I think he might get a touchdown this week. Um, Bo- next, uh, uh, yeah, choice. Kenny. Who uh, you got? I'm going to stick in the receiver room. I'm going Elijah Moore. Uh, the revenge game here. Things ah, did, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Things did not end on a good note for him in New York. He was happy to get out. They were happy to get rid of him. Um, I think he's done all the right things, said all the right things, despite the fact that he's had an underwhelming season here in Cleveland. I wouldn't be surprised um, if there's some jawing and some like uh, bad blood there. There's going to be a lot of jawing and bad blood, but I expect him to come up big when it matters, um, and I think he'll do something something special this week. You think Elijah Moore runs over to the sideline after doing whatever that special thing is and is like, like in Salah's face, like suck yeah. it. He gives him the suck, suck it. it. Yeah, <laughs> suck it, Salah. Suck it, Salah. I kept your seats. <laughs> Bone, who you got? I'm not going very flashy. I'm going Riley Patterson. I know the like you guys said there. Uh, the bone loves the kickers. Yeah, I love it. But you, is, is a new love story brewing? Possibly, possibly. Yeah, I've been you know Facebook stalking. No, but uh, uh, seeing if he has a girlfriend. But like you guys said they got a they got a really good pass defense and uh, uh, and good run defense. So. Uh, I don't know. We might be some getting some stalled drives, so I think we're going to. I think the Jets actually play pretty goals, so. well in the red zone too, which, yeah. to your point, leads to a lot of uh, a lot of field goals. So, yeah, so there'll be opportunities for for the new kickers. Hopefully, he can, uh, yeah, pull it out, make some kicks in Brown Stadium. Nice, um, I like it. To your point, number six in the NFL red zone scoring. Yeah, there defense. you go. I do my research, you know. Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about, uh, but that'll take us to the King of the That's what we're going to be doing because we're, back we're a multimedia production studio. You know? uh, all right. In case anyone doesn't know by now, this is our year-long AFC North Pick'em competition. Uh, at the end of the, of the season, whoever comes in last place gets punished. Uh, in the offseason this past year, Kenny had a gross of eggs thrown at him by fans in the Muni lot before a preseason game. Kenny, how'd it feel? I feel bad, man. Don't, you don't want to lose. Worst pain of all times? Don't want to lose King of the North. Was it the worst pain ever? Um, it was one of the one of the bad ones. Yeah, I mean, I felt like I got beat up pretty good. Part of that was my doing. I froze the eggs. Asshole. Uh, uh, but we're still working out the punishment for this year. Guys, off the top of your heads, Bone, what do you got? Oh, massive. Uh, maybe not massive, but a big tank. And we put like 10,000 uh, minnows in it. And then the loser has to get in with all the minnows. That's weird. That's re- <laughs> I'm shook a little bit by that. That's weird. Kenny, what do you got? You got anything to top that? Um Get dropped off at a brothel with ten thousand dollars cash. <laughs> That's is it because you're losing? Are you preparing for? <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're not asking you this question anymore because you're just preparing for the worst. Uh, all right, let's get into it, guys. First things first. I want to remind everyone that I am still the reigning, defending, undefeated, undisputed king of the north. I hear the amenities of the bunny rancher. Quite nice. <laughs> oh God. Uh, and Kenny is where he belongs in last place, and apparently he wants to stay there and have his punishment picked. Uh, but also, in case anyone hasn't noticed, we've added our trusty board out, Bone Man, to the competition this year, and he is currently in first place. Way to not disappoint. Booyah. 
<laughs> All right, so let's remind everyone of the current records before we make our picks. Uh, Bones in first at 28 and 22. I'm right behind him uh, at 27 and 23. And Kenny, uh, is tr- <clears throat> he's trying to get back into it. He's at 23 and 27 with just two weeks to go. Uh, so let's get into this week's matchups. Uh, the Steelers travel to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Bone, who do you got? Oh, uh, I like how you did this. Yeah, I didn't show you guys my picks this uh, yeah, week. Yeah, it's smart, smart. Yeah. Uh, I will go <clears throat> Steelers. Steelers. They're fighting for the playoffs, and um, for some reason, Mason Rudolph played okay, and George Pickens was, like, dominant last week. So. And nobody cared that he didn't block anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, Kenny, who you got? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm going to go Steelers this week as well, just because conventional wisdom is that the Seahawks should win with them traveling across the country. Um, yep, Steelers, let's do it. All right, and I also have the Steelers this week. So. Oh, shit. I'm going to have to change my pick. Are you going to? <laughs> fuck it, give me the Seahawks. <laughs> it's that point in the season. Desperation pick. Yeah. yeah. I think right. the Seahawks are the better team, and they're playing at home, so... <laughs> It's funny how you instantly come up with an argument for me. <laughs> uh, they're going across country. I don't know. And the Seahawks are the better team. They're playing at home, so they're going to win this game. Uh, no, I like the Steelers because uh, they're 8-7 and seven right now, and this they play the Ravens the final week. So if, if Mike Tomlin's going to stay above 500, this is probably the game he has to win. Um, so I got the Steelers. Uh, next up, we've got the Ravens hosting Miami in their second straight tough matchup. Miami just beat the Cowboys. Miami's second straight touch. Well, I, I guess both of them. Uh, the Ravens just beat the 49ers, and Miami's coming off a, a win against the Cowboys. So uh, you want me to go, or you want to go first? Yeah, you go first. You want me to go? Um, I've got Miami in this one. Um, I think they're both <clears throat> coming off big wins. Um, I think, I don't know. I, I still, there's just something about the Ravens. I know they're playing great football and I, I will acknowledge that they're playing great football. Um, I just don't think they're built for the Super Bowl this year. I don't know why. I just, I just don't, it's probably biased cause I hate them cause I'm a Browns fan. Um, Fair. and you know, it is what it is, but I, I just, I, I just think there's still, they're not a complete team, but, uh, I like Miami in this one. Kenny. Who you got? Uh, I'm gonna Actually, go- Bone, who you got? I'm going to go Ravens. Ravens? Make it interesting between us. You know, we're, we're only separated by one game, so. Fair. Fair. I like that. Kenny, who you got? <clears throat> F. Um, I like what he did there, too. He put you in a position where you're like, eh, who am I going to catch here? I, uh, you probably got to pick opposite me because that's your best chance, right? And just to pick not to lose, but not to win. Or <laughs> <laughs> just pick whoever you want, man. I'm going to go with my gut on this one. As I, since I had to stray the last time, I'm going to go Ravens. I still think they're playing the best football in the country right now, um, outside of the Browns because Joe Flacco is elite. Um, but uh, I, I actually agree with you. I think the Ravens are not built for the Super Bowl. Um, I think all it takes is a tweak of a hammy for this team to not pay <laughs> attention for anything on Lamar Jackson's side. Um and I think of things that would be very tough for them. But that being said, right now, in this very moment, I think they're playing the best football in the country. Lamar has been at just playing his balls off. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, next up, the Bengals take a trip out to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Kenny, who you got? Look, I'm going to go Jake Browning gets uh, the win in the comeback game here against the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are an utter disaster. I think Taylor Swift has distracted the entire organization from winning and what's important. And uh, I'm going to go Bengals this one to put the Chiefs in a really tough spot here heading into the final week of the season. Uh, I'll go next year. I'm going to pick the Chiefs. So things could get really interesting here between us, Kenny. Uh, <clears throat> could either be really bad for you or really bad for me. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Uh, I, I just think that the, this is where they write the ship and, and uh, clinch a playoff spot. Um, Bone, who you got? I'm going to go Chiefs as well. They're going to cry their way to a win. <laughs> Nice, I like that. Uh, and then finally, we got the Browns hosting the Jets in their final game of the 2023 calendar year. Um, yeah, that's right. The next game after this, we'll be playing in 2024. So nice. See you uh, next year, Steve. Yeah. Uh, I'll go ahead and start this one. Uh, I'm going to pick the Browns in this. I think they win big. Um, I actually have the same score as Kevin did in our interview. Uh, I have 28-10 Browns. Uh, we'll go with uh, Bone. We'll, we'll leave Kenny's for last. Bone, who, who you got? Oh, I, I got Browns, of course. Better team. Uh, clinch playoff spots. Home game. Thursday night, prime time. Let's go Browns 31, Jets 9. 9, nice. Nice. Kenny, who you got? Um, I wish I could pick the Jets for sake of any uh, chance to get back in this thing. Uh, but the Browns are the better team here. Um, I don't, you know, the Jets aren't playing for anything. The Browns are still playing for uh, playoff seeding and pride. Um, I'm going to go Browns. I think they win this one relatively easily. Um, but I do think that defense is a little stingier than Houston. So I'm going to go Browns 24 3. Nice. Three. That's a dominant defensive performance. I like it. All right. So, like I said, things could get pretty wiggity here this week. Uh, Kenny's either going to be completely out of it with no <laughs> shot, or uh, me and him are going to be, uh, it's going to be a nail biter. So, um, let me remind you with that to call the Burning River Sports Guys. Take take headline. Don't forget to call and leave the hot takes on. We want the hottest takes. We want the hottest takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. 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 And be sure to check out our gear, www.thetappinmedia.com backslash shop. Click on show specific. Click on Burning Over Sportscast. That's us. And you will see all our dope shit. Uh, So that'll do it for us. Kenny, what can we expect next week? What can we expect next week? We will recap the game against the Jets, uh, the goddamn Jets. Hopefully another win here. We'll be uh, breaking down the further the the hopefully the playoff permutations to see kind of where we at and where everybody else is. Hopefully we're clinched. Uh, I mean, if we win, we're clinched. So yeah, and then we will preview the Browns Week 18 matchup with the team from the armpit of a city with no airport, Cincinnati. Clinch is such a funny word. <laughs> yeah, because you normally only clinch your buttocks. Yeah, get him in a clinch, <laughs> <laughs> or, or you get him in the clinch. That's true. Fighting MMA. Uh, we're back. Interview with another Browns backers chapter. We will be talking to our friends in the armpit of the city. <laughs> the only, the only good folks down there in Cincinnati, <laughs> the greater Cincinnati Browns backers, and we are still trying to line up our final 
Browns alumni interviews for the Browns fan crews of March in 2024. Uh, big thanks to the North Jersey Browns backers for joining us today. Red Hot, uh-huh. Roddy Jams, and Big Bowman on the board. Another great show. Hell yes. And don't forget to check us out on social media. Tapping Media is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Tapping Media. I'm Burning Over Sportscast is on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Burning Over Sportscast and on X at Burning River Pod. And by the way, that's this podcast. Uh, you can find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm talking Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Podcast, Castro, Good Pods, and so many more. And do you know how that takes us to get Backs for days. Backs for days. Number one. One. SpongeBob SquarePants is Sponge officially SquarePants. the longest running Nicktoon of all time and is the last remaining regularly played series from the Nicktoons of the 1990s. Whoa. That's a long, that's a long time. It would take you a long time. time to watch all of SpongeBob SquarePants. Yes, yes, it would. Um, number two, the year was 1994. Uh, good year. Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb nice. and Dumber. Hell yes. Made Jim Carrey the first actor to have three films reach number one in the box office all in a single year. Hell yes. Anybody done it since? Uh, no. That's <laughs> a lot. You said first, so I thought maybe there was another one since <laughs> there, then. There might have been. I don't know. But he was the first. He did it. Uh, quite a year. I mean, just think about those movies, like all three classics. Yeah. Who else says that? Nobody. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. And number three. Number three. Uh, you know, people are afraid of all kinds of things. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Seems like you might have been afraid of things like spiders or snakes or fish or kissing um, your entire life. But it's not true. You're afraid of butts? I'm an ass man. I'm an ass man. I'm an ass man. According to scientists now, humans has been discovered have only two innate Fears. Fire. Fears that you are born with. That is just David and Joku. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he was burned alive. Uh, <laughs> any ideas what these two fears would be? Falling. Falling is number one. Yeah, you are Wait, born, so is that why I'm afraid of heights? You are afraid of falling from the time you were born. And? It's, it's probably not dark, but I'm going to say dark. Uh, That's a good guess. Uh, uh, not having air. That's a better guess. But Asphyxiation. I don't think infants are really uh, aware of uh, the whole breathing process. What, what they are scared of frequently is loud noises. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Loud noises are uh, another innate fear you're born with. The rest are just shit you learn over time. <laughs> you're, <laughs> to be you're afraid of. <laughs> how did I? I never understand this because how did I get afraid of heights when I was afraid of heights as long as I could possibly remember? Well, you're afraid of falling, so it makes sense that you're afraid of heights. Sure. That's fair. That's what I think about every time I get close to an edge or something. Yeah, you're never really like, afraid of. Height, like being I'm high, afraid of falling. It's, a, it's a falling. It would be bad. Yeah, there's no scary. There's no, there's no being scary being I don't high. understand. Like my wife's not afraid of heights at all. She just like leans over the edge and looks down, <clears> and I'm like, literally the only thing that goes through my head is splat. <laughs> like, yeah. like I'm gonna die. I do a bonus fact. <laughs> okay, go on. Uh, let's call this timely or not, given uh, we are going on the Browns fan cruise. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the cruise ships have their own morgues. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if I what when travelers take cruises they're focused on the sunshine and seawater but those 
who run the ship have to consider the practical side of being out on the ocean for days, weeks at a time. And that includes what happens if someone passes away. So in order to deal with this unfortunate reality, all cruise ships are equipped with their own morgue, able to accommodate multiple bodies at a time. Wow. Have you guys ever been in a morgue before? No, I don't know where this I is have going, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, me like too. It. It's weird. It is like weird. It. Uh, it's not where you want to be. Do yeah. you know what? Do you know what that fact sounds like? <laughs> sounds like a problem. Don't just be a part of the problem. Be the whole damn problem. <laughs> and only you can prevent river fires. Burning river. Burning on the Burning river. Burning river. Burns when I pee. Burning river. Burning river. Golden showers. Rivers on fire. Let me got a song we can sing this week. Last Christmas I gave you my heart. And the very next day you gave it away. This year to save me from tears. I give it to someone special. Burning river. Burning river. Cleveland. <laughs> Browns fan cruise and the Burning River Sports Cast. What better combination could you possibly think of? Motorboat? You play the motorboat? You motorboat son of a bitch, you old sailor, you. You know what I was thinking during that interview? What? What were you thinking? Nothing because you don't have thoughts because you're a brainless idiot. Wow. <laughs> my name is Utrid, son of Utrid. And by the way, I want my foreskin back. <laughs> Right. At six years old, I was having in-depth conversations about fractional reserve banking and fiat <laughs> currency. So, <laughs> the weather outside is weather. The other one, the finger, the finger eating food fingers. Uh, yes. Ejaculate all over my body and my genitals. Yes. Oh, massive, uh, maybe not massive, but a big tank. And we put like 10,000 uh, minnows in it. And then the loser has to get in with all the minnows. That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> I'm shook a little bit by that. That's weird. Goddamn Jets. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? Um, All I do is win, 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 no matter what. They called my house on three-way, and um, <laughs> I mean, I was fooled. I, I straightened up. I was like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I remember one of my friends was like, uh, I'm just goddamn Bobby Bowden. I mean, he, he had his voice down. <laughs> He was like, I'm looking for Mr. Josh Crib. I mean, it was his voice. I can't I can't reenact it, but my friends, as soon as I said something to the firm, to the affirmative, like, yes, sir, coach, I mean, I heard all these different voices laughing and snickering and oh, we got, you know, I was just so embarrassed. Erroneous. Erroneous on both counts. Oh, wow. But damn. The leaves are weak. The leaves are weak. Fucking leaves are weak. You know why, mister? Because you drove a Hyundai to get here tonight. I drove an $80,000 BMW. That's my name. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Now, I think we've officially lost all of our more conservative viewers. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think they want to listen any longer. This is, this is just happens? It's Mother Nature. <laughs> Where's Logo Girl when you need her? I desperately want to make love to us. It's Cheese we Girl. We need Cheese Girl now. Oh, man. We need Cheese Girl now. We need Eating we that need much cheese girl now. Cheese Eating that we much need cheese. cheese girl now. Who's canceled now? <laughs> Who's canceled <laughs> now? Probably me. You making it for the fat people? <laughs> <laughs>
I'm not. Just you. We're a whole race, basically. <laughs> no way. You just straight, just finger banging her salad. <laughs> you first get shocked, and then you get the shocker. <laughs> Hey, you like to see almost naked? That's cool, man. Whatever. No, 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 no. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Today's episode was brought to you by Towpath Bourbon. Towpath Bourbon, made from corn, barley, and just the right amount of rye, this blended straight bourbon whiskey is designed for the real bourbon lover. Intense notes of maple, cinnamon, vanilla, and oats hit you up front, rich and intense yet balanced all the way through with a strong and lingering finish. Great by itself, on the rocks, or in a Manhattan. Available locally in Northeast Ohio and online in 46 states. Towpath Bourbon. Hey, Browns fans. This is your chance to join the company of some of the Browns' all-time greats on the first-ever Browns fan cruise. Picture this. For five unforgettable days, you're sailing across the beautiful Caribbean Sea, reliving the Browns' greatest moments, getting autographs, snapping photos, and celebrating on the beach with your favorite Browns alumni, like Josh Cribbs, Webster Slaughter, Eric Metcalf, and a dozen others. Book now and take advantage of our easy, budget-friendly payment plans on this once-in-a-lifetime, all-inclusive cruise adventure. The clock's ticking, Browns fans. To book your cabin and for more information, visit brownsfancruise.com or call 216-284-6472 today. Browns Fan Cruise, where diehard fans and Browns alumni come together for the trip of a lifetime. Don't wait. Secure your spot today and go Browns! Browns!